And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody. Brought to you by D3Hoops.com, the WBCA NABC Studios. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Got lots to talk about tonight. We are one month away from the end of the regular season, from the end of tournaments. One month from today, we will be talking about who's in and who's possibly out of the NCAA tournament. We'll know the automatic qualifiers. We'll be talking about who's on the bubble. One month from tonight. We'll be spending extra time here on Hoopsville figuring it all out for you. Believe it or not, there's just one month left. I feel like just a few, just just feel like last show we were talking about how there's plenty of time still in the basketball season. Not the case anymore. We are a day away from February. We are four Sundays away from Selection Sunday. Counting tonight, four weeks from tonight, we'll be trying to figure out who's in and who's out of the NCAA tournament. If you got questions for us or our guests, if you just want to converse with us, feel free to do it on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Do it on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can even do it uh, via uh, email if you want, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. And we even have a chat room on the YouTube page if you're that far into it. You may be on our show page, and that's that's understandable. But if you happen to be on YouTube, we do have a chat room there. As well, got lots to talk about tonight as we are a month away, so we've got plenty to chat about. So please don't shy away from, uh, you know, interacting with us and in, in any way, shape, or form that you can find. We'll certainly love hearing from you. Let's talk about the guests we'll have on the show tonight. Uh, remember, again, with, this, with Sunday shows primarily, we cover the Northeast Atlantic. We cover the... Uh, South and central regions primarily. We also have the WBCA center court, which can come from any of those regions. Tonight, we will uh, start out in the central region with the number 11 team in the women's side, Wisconsin Oshkosh. Uh, their head coach, Brad Fisher, will join us here on Hoopsville. Then we'll head out uh, to the East Coast and into the Atlantic region in the MAC Freedom Conference. And we'll talk men's basketball with Delaware Valley's uh, Casey uh, <laughs> Stitzel. Sorry. Can't read my own handwriting. That's a bad sign, is it not? Casey Stitzel will join us on the show. Talk about uh, the the Aggies' record season so far and what Delaware Valley can do to secure yet another NCAA bid for the third time in, in five seasons. Uh, then we'll uh, head a little west, not very far, stay in Pennsylvania, uh, go to the WBCA Center Court with Mary Beth Spurk from Moravian Women's Basketball. What she is doing in, in, in the community and in, in WBCA as a whole, basketball as a whole, outside of the success that the program has had, certainly um, worth a tip of the hat. And we will give that tip of the hat to her coming up. Then we'll head down to Arkansas, talk Hendricks women's basketball. Yeah, they lost today to, to Birmingham Southern. Tough loss for the Warriors, but they are still in first place in the SAA. We will talk to their head coach. Drew uh, will talk to us about what he expects of his team that is certainly playing some good basketball. Then we'll head up to the Northeast, talk NESCAC basketball with a team that won the NESCAC automatic bid last year, the Wesleyan Cardinals. Joe Riley will join us on the show, talk about everything regarding Wesleyan, the NESCAC, the little three. He even talks about, hint, hint, we pre-taped that one. Uh, he even talks a little bit about why he wouldn't mind seeing a double round robin in the NESCAC. Uh, that's all coming up here on the show. Uh, also, a reminder, that, uh, we'll talk. Oh, and at the end of the show, we're going to show a great thing that uh, uh, that 
uh, Franklin and Marshall did to commemorate Glenn Robinson's 900th win. By this point, I think he's at 904, 905, but we just spotted it this week. Uh, how they commemorated the 900th win and gave back to the community all at the same time. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. Again, one month out from everything here, so a lot to talk about. Regional rankings, some people are so used to them coming out the first Wednesday of February that they forget this month's a little weirdly longer than usual because February 29th is a selection. It's just it's an odd month for what is usually a short month. First selection, uh, or regional rankings, I should say, do not come out until February 10th. So we're still a solid 10 days away from seeing our first regional rankings. That being said, the committees have already started to get together and chat, and they will do mock selections this week. No, we're not going to see those selections. Don't get any bright ideas. But they will be done this week to give everybody a sense of where everybody is. We'll see if we hear some rumblings. Uh, Coming up on Thursday is the Hoopsville Marathon Show. We have not made the official invitation as of yet, but we're going to go out and try and reach out to the committee chairs to see if they'll come on, talk about uh, how the committees sit, as it were, right now, and uh, where they expect to be um, after the first mocks. So, excuse me, that is all coming up here. Uh, in the Again, the Hoopsville Marathon Show will go on Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time until 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here from the Hoopsville Studios, along with a few pre-taped interviews that we did out in San Antonio, for example, and elsewhere. Those will all come to you here. Lots of guest ideas. We'll be uh, working hard in the next 24, 48 hours to solidify all of our guests for that show. Lots of good ideas. We will see what we can do. Plus some of the old familiar faces of Hoopsville, some of the characters that we've had on the show who certainly know Division Three basketball the best, they'll be on the show as well. Uh, you might notice that I am wearing... Um, a uh, Carthage women's basketball polo. One of the cool things over the years is that we've collected shirts, whether schools have sent it to us per our request or on their own, whether they have just simply given them to us. Everyone talks about the Hopkins basketball warm-up jersey that sits over my shoulder. It's actually one of my favorite items in this place. Um, Of course, we have the center jersey. We have the Lauren Hill signed Ohio Wesleyan number 22 back there. Um, we did have that Hoopsville sign that uh, a fan of the show got made and sent to us. Not hanging. It will be hanging by the marathon. We finally today figured out about where we're going to put it, and it requires moving some other things around as well. So we're going to work on that before Thursday's show and get it all hung up and ready to go. So, um, But part of the, the Carthage shirt, also I want to remind you, is part of the Hoopsville fundraising projects. Um, the fundraising project got kicked off a few days ago, has not raised any money as of yet. Um, but one of them, the perks you can do is, um, if you select a certain amount, you can ask us to interview one of the men's or women's coaches of your favorite program. And we will try and wear a shirt from that program, whether we have to reach out ourselves or you can take care of it or somebody else can take care of it, whatever the case may be. It's all part of the Hoopsville marathon or fundraising efforts that obviously we'll make a big deal about on the marathon there you see it there part of indiegogo uh we've been tweeting it out we'll be tweeting it out throughout the show as well about that fundraiser if you're able to assist we certainly appreciate it would really appreciate it from you um and we'd and and hope you'll consider it if not please share it and let other people know about it either way hoopsville fundraising campaign is off and running it also has a deadline Oh, four weeks from tonight. So tonight we'll be making selections, or four weeks from tonight we'll be deciding who we think is in the NCAA tournament while the NCAA committees actually do that work 
Um, and we'll obviously have guests and everything else. That show has evolved over the years. I think last year may have been the best we've ever done it. Um, and we'll kind of tip Murph, uh, you know, come off of that with a with a good show. Uh, well, part of that will be the fundraising campaign ending as well that evening. So we hope you'll uh, take the time to consider uh, donating to the cause. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, scores around the country. Let's quickly get through some things. Um, top 25-wise on the men's side, um, I'm not going to say relatively quiet because it was relatively quiet in the middle week, and then things got a little spicy, a little spicy as it were. Um, Whitworth, the number one team in the country, certainly had a somewhat easy weekend. Beat Linfield 67-55 and Lewis and Clark 89-80. Of course, uh, that game a little closer than it looks like at Lewis and Clark. Augustana got past North Park, but it needed overtime. 95-92 in that one after beating Elmers earlier in the week. Uh, note, um, Elmers at least got back in the winning column against Milliken. Ohio Wesleyan got back in the winning column against Hiram 123-95. Unbelievable. Chicago had a rough weekend, plain and simple. Uh, lost to Emory as, uh, on Friday, 69-63 at home, then lost to Rochester today, 84-76. Coach McGrath, who we remember was on the show last week, uh, basically said, just didn't play good defense. Uh, team needs to bounce back next week. They play Emory and Rochester uh, in that order. Uh, they'll go Atlanta to Rochester next week. Big games now there. Instead of locking up potentially or, or putting themselves in the catbird seat in the UAA, they have to fight to get back into first place as Emory now has first place by a game after Emory beat Wash U today. Um, WPI lost to Springfield over the weekend. That's of note. Roanoke, law, uh, we uh, we mentioned lost to Randolph, then lost to Virginia Wesleyan yesterday by one at home. That, that's going to sting a little bit there for Roanoke. Uh, NYU lost to Carnegie Mellon before beating Case Western. Uh, NYU now 14-3. and Trinity Connecticut didn't have a good week. Lost to Merchant Marine, we mentioned earlier, then lost to uh, Amherst, though a close game. Gettysburg had a rough week, but we already had mentioned that. They at least got back off the snide and beat Washington College. Uh, Salisbury lost to York. York's a surprise team. We'll, we'll try and see if we can get them on the show this uh, upcoming marathon. Brooklyn lost to Staten Island. That stings for me as a Brooklyn voter. Brooklyn's just not proving themselves right now. I thought they were a pretty solid team. I think the CUNYAC's one of the better uh, conferences, especially in the Atlantic region, and they're just not showing it right now. Uh, Whitewater lost two games this week, Platteville and River Falls. St. John's lost two games this week. Um, so things are crazy in the in the men's top 25. Quickly on the women's side, because we're going to have to get going. We got a little late start here due to a technical glitch. Uh, on the women's side, a little bit quieter, but still some interesting results. Rochester lost both games this week. Uh, they lost to WashU on Friday, 59-38, and then lost to Chicago, 58-56. Um, Rochester uh, not doing well on the road this weekend. Number seven will fall in the in the polls, to be sure. So will Capital. They lost to Wilmington, which we mentioned on Thursday show, then followed up with a loss to Mount Union. Stevens Point lost to Oshkosh. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, win for Oshkosh and that loss to Stevens Point and the craziest of the WIAC coming up here momentarily. Whitewater lost to River Falls. Uh, I'm sorry, beat River Falls. River Falls lost to Whitewater in a 17-v-18 game. Bluffton took its first loss of the season, losing to Rose Holman, 57-50 on Saturday. Trinity, Texas lost to Austin, 70-67. You might remember Cameron, um, Trinity's head coach, talking about how good Austin was. When we talked to him a couple weeks ago uh, out in San Antonio, he talked about how good Austin was. So maybe not a surprise there at all. Uh, Carnegie Mellon lost to NYU. This is receiving votes. Stevens lost to St. John Fisher. Um, 
Trying to see if there's any others from the weekend. Warburg had a bad week, lost to Co and Buena Vista, but Warburg's also working without an, with, with an injury. Hear more about that coming up as well. Um, Moravian lost to Catholic today uh, or yesterday. We'll talk about that with their head coach coming up. So, again, here are your guests. We're going to talk to Wisconsin Oshkosh women's basketball, then Delaware Valley men's basketball, Moravian women's basketball, primarily in the WBCA center court, then Hendricks women's basketball and Wesleyan men's basketball. That's what we got coming up here on the show. Don't forget, you can interact with us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're going to take a break when we come back. Talk Oshkosh um, Titans women's basketball with Brad Fisher, the number 11 team in the country, the big win over Stevens Point, a sweep of Stevens Point. Wyack is crazy, and Brad Fisher helps break it down for us. He'll join us via Skype here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the WBCA and ABC studios, more Hoopsville right after this. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville. This is Danielle Donahue, Executive Director of the WBCA. And we are a proud, proud partner and very excited about all the future broadcasts. Here's Dave. Welcome back to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Uh, we're obviously just getting rolling here on the show. If you want to follow us or ask us questions, you can certainly do it in our social media. Uh, do it via Twitter, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. And all that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Of course, there is a chat room on the YouTube page. If you happen to be all the way onto the YouTube page, we try and monitor it. But alas, that will probably be the, the, the last one we get to amongst all the other ones that we have given you. But ask questions of us, uh, and we'll certainly try and give you uh, answers. Obviously, we're getting into the nitty-gritty things, as we talked about at the beginning of the show. Four weeks left in the regular season, counting conference tournaments. So a lot to talk about. 
uh, between now and then. And I'm sure a lot of questions out there, especially for any, even the veterans out there who know about Division Three the most. Now let's get to our segments. So we love talking to all the uh, guests around the country. Remember, on the uh, Sunday shows, we primarily focus on the Northeast, the Atlantic, the South, and the Central regions. Doesn't mean we don't have a guest like in the WBCA Center Court from another region, or as we get later in the season, we don't bring in other guests just in general. But with that in mind, we're going to start in the Central region. We're going to start with women's basketball. And if you haven't been watching the WIAC race, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, if you look at it right now as we speak, Oshkosh on top, 7-1 and one in the conference, 16-3 and three overall. Stevens Point, River Falls, both nationally ranked, 14 Stevens Point, 18 River Falls, both 15-4, and four, both 6-2 and two in conference. Then you got Whitewater, number 17 in the country. They're 16-3 and three overall, 5-3 and three in the conference. And then you still have everybody else who are running to try and get into the uh, WIAC tournament and make it a difference or position themselves, we should say. So let's talk a th- talk about the top shall we Oshkosh big win over Stevens Point yesterday to sweep the series for the season so while they may have a game lead officially they really have two or three games on Stevens Point so we go to the Skype hotline and welcoming in here is Brad Fisher of Oshkosh coach welcome to Hoopsville sir thanks Dave you got me fired up going through (laughs) the league right there I'm fired up I mean (laughs) listen you know we talk about the men's side it's a down season I mean coming off of an incredible Championship by Stevens Point, Whitewater's off their game. It's not much of a conversation, uh, especially at the top, especially on the national scale. On the women's side, however, you have picked up the mantle, and you guys are sprinting with it. This is an incredible season on the women's side. Yeah, I'm really excited and proud of our league. I, you know, I thought this is easily the best the top has been, and, and really top to bottom since I got to the league four years ago, and and have all of us in the top 20 and and virtually every week at least one of us playing another one or sometimes <laughs> in some cases two of those a week yeah it's been a lot of fun and a lot of stress but um you know we had a young league i thought last year and i mm-hmm. think we all knew it was going to be better but people have really stepped up and and programs that have lifted themselves to to get us in this position. It's interesting enough. It's kind of like the UAA. It's almost every weekend there's a top 10 yeah. battle or a top 15 battle. Yes, yeah, Stevens Point's going to shift having lost, but most likely the voters aren't going to punish them as it was predicted by rankings that you guys would win that. But that was a big game, Brad. Uh, yeah. You guys had beaten them earlier in the season um, in a game. Uh, let's see. It was at your place on January 16th. You beat them 60-46. to This was at their place 61-49, obviously a different game, a tight game, a two-point game at their place. Kind of expected, and you knew Shirley was going to throw wrinkles at you. How did you guys get out of that unscathed? Yeah, it was a great game. You know, It was very similar. The first game they had us down seven and a half, and, and we hit a bunch of shots to kind of get it. And yesterday it was flipped. Um, you know, We both scored a lot more against mm. each other than we normally do. Usually it's kind of a rock fight when we play each other. <laughs> we know each other so well and do a really good job guarding one another. So yesterday it kind of busted out into a little bit of a track meet, and then when, you know, when it came to crunch time, both teams locked in defensively, and they made some big plays at the end. We were up, I think, eight with two and a half minutes to go, and they, you know, with the advancement rule, they got themselves a sh- a, the ball with under two seconds to go and a chance to win it. So you know, it's just a great game, and it's kind of what our league has become this year, especially at the top. There's some added stress you really don't need. We'll talk about that later on. But interesting, I mean, now that we're in quarters, it kind of can break down the game sometimes looking at the box score in a much different way. Yeah. Uh, first 10 minutes, Stevens Point won 17-13. You guys won the second quarter 22-12. And considering that one's, that's what jumps out at me was that second quarter looked like it was pretty pivotal. Yeah, offensively, we, we again, we knocked down some big shots. And, you know, that's a chance for us to start to get into our bench. And we feel like we've got a lot of depth and, 
Um, so, you know, I think the second quarter, if we looked historically this year, has been pretty good to us. But, um, you know, that's also when we start to try to make adjustments and kind of see what they've done different since the first time. And then, you know, I think they countered us really well, too. And, it, again, it turned into a back and forth. But that stretch obviously was huge and, and sent us to the locker room with a, with a good lead. And, and they just kept coming back, though. Yeah, well, you, you know, that was a six-point lead, I think, at halftime, uh, if math does it right. You stretched it out to seven at the end of the quarter. But they did come back. Fourth quarter, they outscored you 15-10. Uh, both teams shot well. I mean, 47% for the, you guys, 45% for them. You shot uh, about 36% from beyond the arc. They shot 40%, 5 for 14, 4 for 10. Uh, both of you couldn't hit or couldn't really miss from the free throw line. They missed 2 out of 21 shots. You missed 1 out of 7. Uh, rebounding was, interestingly enough, the difference, but not in a way I'd expected it. They out-rebounded you yeah. 30 to 19, Brad. That's yeah. That, I'm sure, is what you guys are going to be working on at practice come, come Monday. Yeah, you know, our trade-off was we forced a bunch of turnovers and did yeah. a pretty good care of it. But, you know, they got to the end, and and they they just hammered the boards. You know, when they're down 8 and, and miss a shot, it was it was hold off the wall and see see if we can <laughs> – pull it out of a pile and they just did a great job, you know, putting pressure on it. And, you know, they played with some more desperation, I thought at the end than, than we probably did. And, you know, you get in that point where you're up eight, you're kind of afraid to foul and, and, you know, not wanting to add to that piece. And, but they just kept coming and coming. And, and, you know, fortunately we had, we had to lead when the buzzer went, but it was just, it was a battle that we have with them almost every time we play. Yeah. Turnovers 20 to, uh, to 11, the difference there, they forced, or that you forced nine more turnovers out of them. Uh, than you had yourself. Of course, led by Taylor Schmidt, 21 points, five assists, uh, two steals. Uh, also, Alex Richard, uh, Richard uh, 13 points. Uh, nobody jumped out of the board on the rebounding edge, and obviously we just kind of talked about that, about how they kind of controlled that. Now, we'll talk about the rest of this conference in a minute, but that kind of gives a nice cushion on Steven's point. You have him on a sweep with him, a game behind you. You know, that, as I said, kind of builds a two, three-game cushion a little bit. Yeah, we all, you know, it's so weird. You know, they've beat River Falls. River Falls beat us. Yeah. We beat Whitewater. You know, points got to go to Whitewater and to River Falls this week. They've got just got a brutal week. So, yeah. you know, it just kind of comes down right now to how the schedule plays out. Obviously, being able to, to get one on the road is huge and, and to finish the sweep. But, you know, again, I feel like things can shift in a, in a day or two because we all end up having to go to each other. You know, we've got to go to yeah. River Falls, to Eau Claire yet, who's big and, you know, a huge challenge for us. So, you know, everyone's got kind of their little thing that they're going to have to they're going to have to battle through to if they want to win this thing. So, you know, obviously we feel good about about getting a sweep with point. But uh, we also understand that either of those games could have went the other way. So, you know, we've still got a lot of work to do here. I was going to say, a lot of work to go. you got six games left in the season before we talk about the conference tournament. You've got to go on the road to Platteville this week. You're home against Stout. Of course, uh, Stout is 2-6 and six in the conference, and Platteville's 2-6 and six as well. So you're, you're interesting enough, while Stevens Point's got a brutal week ahead, you've got the bottom of the conference. Not that I'm saying that's an easy shake of the stick either. My question, I've been asking this a lot of coaches this season, is, all right, you just came off a big win against Stevens Point. You now kind of play the bottom of the conference. How do you keep the team from slipping up, essentially, and taking a bad loss in the next, to be honest, four games? Because well, Eau Claire and Lacrosse follow after that. Yeah, the good part is our kids honestly don't they don't think about bad losses in our league because they've they've been in each of these places and we've had whether we've won or not we've had an experience in the last two or three years at Platteville Stout where you know we were on the ropes or had to had to come from behind so we've you know we've kind of seen all that and part of the reason they're they have two and six records is because they've got four ranked teams yeah. that they're having to play 
you know, every week in conference. So, you know, I, Stout is one out of conference and won some big games. And Platteville's just got a ton of freshmen. So, you know, they're a little bit different. I, you know, I think they have like 12 freshmen and they're starting three or four at times. So, you know, that's, they're dangerous just because every game they're starting to figure it out a little bit more. So, um, you know, our kids just have such a, a high level of respect for our league and how hard it is, especially go on the road. So, you know, I, it's not something I worry a lot about. They also play different styles. So we've really got to sure. concentrate on, on focusing on a new style. And I think that distracts you from worrying about what their record is or, or you know, all the other circumstances around it. Obviously, I know you're not looking that far in advance, but the last two games, um, at home against Whitewater on the 17th, on the road against River Falls on the 20th. So while Stevens Point might be taking them on now, you take them out to close the yeah. season. That can actually be a good thing, so keep you guys kind of really focused right towards the end. But at the same time, it puts a lot of pressure right up to the end. You don't get a break necessarily before heading into conference tournament here. Yeah, it's a it's a big challenge. But last year we had the same. We had we finished with Superior and then Whitewater and then and then yeah. who were the top. Yeah, we lost all three of them. So you know we've we didn't handle it very well last year. Yeah. I think, I think we understand again. You know, we were in a great position going into the end of the season last year and, and let things slip away a little bit. So, you know, that I think has taught us that we need to worry about Wednesday. And, and again, who knows what can happen in between. Yeah. You know, they all have to play each other. We've yeah. got to go on the road a couple of times. You know, things may look completely different by that time. They may not be as big a games then sure. as they look like right now. So, you know, it's, it's not one, it's not really a thing I've been worried about with our players that, that we have to circle games because every game in this league for as long as I've been here feels like you've been through a fight when you're done. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about your team in a second, but one more thought on the WIAC. Superior not in it this season. We haven't talked a lot about that on, on Hoops. So we did talk about it at the D3Hoops.com Classic. Of course, they moved to UMAC last year. Kind of saw a hybrid of that. It's a clearly scheduled up on the UMAC to get ready for it. We made a comment in Vegas uh, that, that has stuck with me the rest of the time. Superior going to the UMAC improved two leagues. It improved the UMAC greatly because Superior comes in and changes the level of competition. It looks like it improved the WIAC, too, because, yes, two less games, so you don't beat each other up as much in the conference. But you also take a behemoth out of the conference as well that allows the rest of the conference to get maybe a little bit more competitive. Is that a fair assessment now that we're about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through the season here? Yeah, it's hard for me to say because they were so good. When yeah, they true. Yeah. <laughs> if you lose a good team, it's hard to say you got better. But at the yeah. same time, you know, I feel like we've got a really, really good top end of the league right now and the, and the bottom end is really just young and I think that's kind of been the separation if you look at the top four or five teams in our league there's so many juniors and seniors playing this year so you know obviously that's how it's played out and there's no question they they raised the level of the UMAC I mean that's a really good program and they got more good players I know I, I try to kind of follow how they're doing over there but um, you know I think you know the, the results would bear it out whether or not you know it's it's direct correlation or not I guess I'm not sure but um, you know, we're having a great year and I think their league is, is lifted and obviously Superior's playing well in it. So uh, I don't I think it'd be hard to, to say you're not partially at least right with that. And <laughs> I hope they keep doing well because I think he's done a great job with that program and and hopefully they can get back to the NCAA tournament. Um, Carrie Carollo is the, the chair of the National Committee. Thus, She's the chair of the Central Region. Uh, Platteville also is a representative uh, on the committee as well uh, on the Central Region, Megan Wilson, um, so that the conference basically has representation outside of the, of the direct chairmanship. 
there's listen, we're we're talking about a legitimate chance here of four teams in the tournament. Uh, we'll, let's just cut bait there and just even if we're wrong and ends up being th- four teams in the tournament, that's a heck of a representation from the WIAC. What can you and the others do to a secure that and b take advantage of that? I mean, you guys got to the second round against Calvin last year. Yeah. Can we? Can we? Is the WIAC to 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 watch out for this year and maybe undersung a little bit? Well, I think so. You know, I think. Point and, and Whitewater have really good wins. Point beat Wash U this year. They both yep. beat Luther. You know, we have wins over Loris and, and St. Norbert's, who are both having really good years. Um, River Falls, I think, went like 7-1 and one against the Mayak. So, you know, I think that, at least in our region, we've proven all to be, you know, very competitive. I think Point and Whitewater also have wins over Illinois Wesleyan, who is yeah. second in the CCAW right now. So um, there's no question that, you know, unfortunately, there's a limited amount of bids. So yeah. we almost have to lose the perfect way for all four of us to have that that chance. And the, the problem is, you know, there's, there's still good teams that aren't in this conversation in our league that, you know, it, it looks like a bad loss if you lose to one of those teams when, you know, in reality, we know um, they're extremely capable as well. So. Yeah. You know, for it to play out like that would be tremendous because, you know, I think our league has worked hard to get ourselves back to that. Um, but again, things obviously would have to fall the right way. And, and I hope we can all just keep playing well and showing everybody that we are nationally, you know, four of, of the top teams in the country. Talk about your team. You're not going away anytime soon. You've got two seniors on this, on this squad. And uh, yes, they're certainly major contributors, but it's the underclassmen, which has been a theme of this year across the board. Uh, Taylor Schmidt leading the way as a junior, 11.5 points a game, um, two and a half, really three assists a game on top of that. Uh, assist to turnover ratio of 1.5. She also has a 1.5 steal a game uh, mark. Uh, Eliza Campbell, sophomore, 9.3 points a game, five rebounds a game. Is it? I said it earlier. Is it Alex Richard or Richard? Richard, yeah. It is Richard. There was a Richard somewhere in the WIAC at one point in time. Uh, Alex Richard, junior, nine points a game, uh, 5.7 rebounds a game and then there's uh, marissa selner your senior 6.1 rebounds a game on top of 6.3 points a game um and we'll mention megan cocta jr and ashley uh i'm gonna say thank you i was gonna say her last name wrong (laughs) i just kind of felt it coming uh not a lot of points but certainly on the boards a lot which is interesting considering our conversation about the stevens point game that's kind of the nucleus. You got a lot of players contributing. You're willing to go deep, in, deep, deep into your bench every single solitary game. And again, this team's not going away anywhere, any going away anytime soon. I mean, I hope not. But <laughs> each year, each year is kind of its own its own incubator of of what happens. And you know, we've we had a lot back this year, but we also just by losing two seniors. Everyone else has to change their role. Now a, a yeah. bench player is a starter. Someone who didn't play is now coming off the bench. So, you know, you've got to go through those growing pains a little bit. You know, I like to think that we've built a, a fairly consistent program over these four years where we are going to have some contributions each year from each class. You know, I, we've got a good class coming in that I think has a chance to contribute. But, you know, our sophomore classes have worked hard to give us some minutes at the end. And, you know, we've tried to go 11 or 12 deep. And even if it's some people for, for two stints a game, you know, five or six minutes to help give us some rest. Obviously, the, the veterans have been a huge piece, and it's it's still the oldest team we've had. You know, mm. we relied on a lot of freshmen and sophomores, but, you know, Taylor's had an All-American year, I feel like, at the point guard, and, and Eliza Campbell has really stepped up as a sophomore. So, you know, my hope is that this is how this pro- program continues to go, that, you know, the, the upperclassmen do a lot of the hefty, heavy lifting, but we've got two or three from each class below that 
that get the experience. So by the time they are juniors, they, they're ready to do the heavy lifting. And, you know, we learned that from watching what Whitewater has done and watching what Stevens Point did before we got here. So, you know, we're trying to take some of those lessons and, and build them into how we build things here. You get, you're only in your fourth season, which is shocking in the long yeah. scheme of things. You did a long time uh, uh, assistantship, both at lacrosse, obviously at um, D2, um, forgive me, I just blanked. UW Parkside. Yeah. Parkside. I was going to say Platteville. I'm like, that's not right. It's the <laughs> other P, uh, Parkside. And I had it in front of me and lost it. But um, you made an impact immediately. Uh, 20 and 6, 26 and 4, 23 and 7, now 16 and 3. Um, I know every coach would say that's exactly what they planned on when they walked <laughs> in the door. But at the same time, you talk about the youth of this squad. How have you been able to be so successful with what has been a young team for most of this? Um, you know, our kids are talented. I think, you know, I, I would love to take more credit, but ultimately, <laughs> you when, won't. ultimately when the lights go on and the ball goes up, we don't have a ton of control. And the great part about our kids is they've bought into what makes our program run. And someone like Taylor is okay with averaging 11 points a game and only getting seven or eight shots, maybe or 10 shots, you know, our, for these four years, it has been so balanced. And, you know, if you look at our averages, none of them jump off the page from a scoring standpoint. No. We don't have a lot of leaders in scoring minutes for sure. Um, but they've bought into being a, a piece of the puzzle. So you know, I give that first group that we have a lot of that credit because they put everything aside and said, we're willing to do whatever it takes to try to win. And, you know, they started to, to give us the confidence in what we were doing. And then Taylor and, and Alex and Matt Morgan, that class came in as, as freshmen and had a great year right away. And, and we've tried to kind of ride that and, and make our improvements along the way and learn our lessons as we go. And, you know, we've learned something from being in two NCAA tournaments. And, you know, now we have to try to keep moving things forward. Our, our theme at the start of the year was can we go from good to great and how hard that jump is. Sure. Um, and, and the enemy of, of great is good. And, yeah. you know, you start to settle in at being okay with just being a good program. And, and we're still trying to, to fight and claw our way to be a great one. So, um, you know, I hope that we keep working and keep understanding we've got a long way to go to be where I think we're capable of being as a program and, and as this year's team yet too. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're, basically gone 10 deep in every single game which just shows the depth you have by the way i'd be remiss i I haven't mentioned it yet the one blemish on this record this season was a three-game stretch i mean it's not like those three losses are sprinkled throughout the the schedule which you can tell some people one thing and one people another you went on a stretch where you started the season i think 11 and 0 now you've gone you went three straight wartburg st thomas river falls it's not like it was bad teams uh all good teams there but what did you guys learn from that stretch uh, you lost to Wartburg by 11. You lost to St. Thomas by 9. You lost to River Falls uh, by 7. It, there were certainly games you're in, but it was all in three games. That that can derail a team. Yeah, and, you know, there was definitely some some nerves internally, I think, about that. You know, it was right after Christmas, and yeah. you know, anything I talk about from those three games would sound an excuse, and the reality is <laughs> Wartburg and St. Thomas and River Falls are really good, and yeah. they played better than we did. They coached better than we did, for sure, and, definitely shot better. We shot really poorly, which they obviously have something to do with since they're all playing defense on us. But, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was, it was meant to set us up and get us ready for the league. And we knew those teams would all be ranked or close to ranked. And, um, you know, we learned, the one thing we did learn is we got away with some things early in the season, especially defensively. And we learned if you are not shooting, you better be able to defend. And we sure. did not get stops at the end of those games. They're both 
you know, four or five point games in that Wartburg tournament with five minutes to go, and we couldn't get a stop when we needed it. So, and the same thing, River Falls, they came out and busted us the first quarter. Uh, we didn't stop them. I don't know if we got to stop the whole quarter, it felt like. And uh, we learned real quick that if we're going to be who we want to be, we need to be able to get stops. And then if you look at our scores going forward here, you know, we've been able to really defend people. And, and you know, we've given up some points late game situations, but for the for the majority of these games, we've really defended, and that's that's kind of what made us good the last three years. And this team, I think, needed to take a couple lumps to realize that that's still who we need to be. We're a little more talented now, so we have a little bit more ability to score than we did in the previous years, but we couldn't rely on it, and that's sure. that's definitely what that 10 days taught us. Uh, interesting enough, Wartburg was the only team not ranked in there. The rest of you all came in, I think, in the top 10, and Wartburg's the one that came out of there 2-0. Um, yeah. It just showed you how tough that was. Since. They've had some injuries since. I know yeah. their best player missed yesterday, so their record doesn't reflect how no. good and then going to their place too, uh, we all had our hands full there, and they they definitely earned yeah. it. That was yeah. that was a heck of a tournament they put together. You're right, absolutely agree with you there, uh, Coach. Appreciate you taking the time to join us. We've certainly taken up plenty of your time. I know you want to get back to tapes and recruiting and, and getting on your players to make sure they're ready to go for <laughs> practice. Uh, as always, I will give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Yeah, no, I just appreciate your coverage of us and our league. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to do the things that we talked about today as a league going forward. So uh, now you've put it out there that we've got a chance at four teams. So we've got to play well here these next couple of weeks to, to see if we can make that happen. Yeah, I, I pretty much did. I put it out there. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, well, Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, and good luck the rest of the season. Certainly enjoy watching the WIAC this, this season. Thanks a lot, Dave. Brad Fisher joining us here on Hoopsville. Appreciate him taking the time. Uh, again, team is 16-3 and overall, 7-1 in conference. Uh, they've got six games remaining. They're on the road at Platteville this week and then at home against Stout. Two big games right now looming at the end of the season at home against Whitewater and on the road against River Falls. When we come back, we'll switch gears, go talk men's basketball, we'll shift over into Delaware. Well, not really Delaware. It's Delaware Valley. They're located in Pennsylvania. We'll explain it later, but we'll talk about another team that's certainly hot in the Atlantic region. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville, right after this. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a current Division III student athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first year student athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete and I believe student-athletes can help break down the barriers of exclusion. I pledge to support and encourage my teammates to support my campus's LGBTQ student group by volunteering and participating in events. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I believe that everyone should be educated on LGBTQ issues. I pledge to work with my athletic department and my campus to foster dialogue and create a community of support, respect, and pride. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. We are Division Three student athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division Three.
Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. For the love of the game, but for those of us... And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. <clears throat> Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com. Slash Hoopsville. I want to thank Brad Fisher for joining us from Wisconsin. <clears throat> Oshkosh, women's team certainly playing pretty good basketball. Worth watching that race out there in, in uh, Wisconsin. Um, it, it, I don't think... Thought it couldn't get better than the last few years, and it has clear, clearly gotten far better uh, this season. Uh, we'll we'll probably be talking to Wisconsin and Stevens, uh, or I should say Whitewater and Stevens Point and others as the season moves on. Now let's uh, do as we said. We'll move back to Pennsylvania this time. Uh, head to Doylestown. Uh, talk men's basketball on the Mac Freedom side. Haven't talked a lot about the Mac Freedom this season. Um, DeSales was at the Hoopsville Classic. It was nice to see them there. See Scott Coble. Got a chance to see what one of the top teams is going to look like. The other top team, though, right now is Delaware Valley. Of course, it's Delaware Valley University now. Uh, lost their first game of the season, then went on a tear. Lost the last game of the, of the, of the 2015 portion of the season to Trinity Connecticut. Have lost once since, but have won on four in a row, six of their last seven. Um, and are in pretty good control of the MAC Freedom for now. The sales is lurking. So let's go to the Hoopsville Hotline and... Talk about it all with uh, their head coach, Coach Casey Steitzel. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate it as well. Uh, we're going to get to your game yesterday in a minute. All right. Cool. Because you guys had a crazy finish. I, I got it not only from your SID, but I got it from Gordon Mann. The description's beyond comprehensible. I want to get to other things first. We'll get back to it. First sure. off, start the season with a loss to Alvernia. <clears throat> now, this is a team that's usually good at the end of the season. hasn't been good at the beginning of the season. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about how that can derail a program. You guys got right back on the horse, and you guys just started rolling through competition after that. But not competition that's going to kind of bring you guys to the forefront for everybody. This seems like a season that's been building, in other words. Yeah, I mean, our, you know, Alvernia, when we scheduled that game, you know, to make, uh, uh, obviously, a program like Alvernia, they won the Commonwealth three straight years, yeah. go to their place, uh, which is a tough place to place, just like our gym is. It reminds a lot of our atmosphere that we have at Del Val. And, and we we were playing four freshmen in that game. We were without our starting point guard, Zach Sly, who was rookie of the year three years ago. We were just kind of like a deer in headlights, yeah. and we kind of – it's funny because we practiced the next day. We practiced the next morning, went right back at it. And we probably had one of our best practices of the year. And I actually, after practice, I said to my staff, I said, for a young group to bounce back on a Saturday morning practice at 10 a.m., to have that type of energy, that gave me really good confidence that this team was, you know, was going to bounce back and, 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 and keep learning from the mistakes they made during that game. And, and every game since then, we get a little more experience, and it's a great group to coach, and uh, and I hope we can just keep getting better every day. Uh, you, sir, <clears throat> excuse me. There's plenty of, of stories 
amongst your team. Uh, we've had a couple of regional writers um, put some great stories together over the years, of course, just recently, uh, talking about your main guy there. And it kind of kind of tells me a lot. You guys are truly about family. And to see them respond like that the next morning kind of kind of preaches to that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, we have great captains. I mean, Chris Moran, Zach Schwein, and Barry Brockington, you know, from a leadership standpoint and a basketball standpoint, have all done something or in a game or multiple games that have led us to a win. And, and even saying, actually, when we were down 17 against Eastern, I was actually getting a drink of water, and I came back to the bench, and there were my three captains in a huddle together. You know, and that rest of the guys were shooting around and, and warming up for the second half, and those three captains were talking. And I turned to my staff. I said, you know what, I think we're going to get back in this game. And that's the type of seniors we have. And they didn't let that Saturday practice become anything else than a, than a day to, to learn from our mistakes and get better. And that's one of the reasons why we're having our success. Every coach will tell you, you have to have good leadership. You have to have good seniors, and we definitely have both. Off to a record start, because <clears throat> technically that's what we still call it when we have to talk about how good the season has begun at 16-3 and overall. <clears throat> of course, it could have been 15-4 and if not for a comeback yesterday against Eastern. Down yes. 17 points. Um, you come roaring back in the second half. According to Gordon Mann, I believe he put it, you guys were up about two, I think, with about 40 seconds left and still had to hit a not-so-quite buzzer beater that was a buzzer beater. We'll get into that in a minute. <clears throat> to 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 pull this one off, but that's a kind of that's that's what you're alluding to. It's just this team's not going to quit. They're not going to roll over necessarily. They understand they got to get the job done, even when they're not having the best days. Absolutely. I mean, we came in at halftime, and, and obviously Eastern had a great game plan. Uh, they played tremendous basketball the first half. They made a lot of great plays, made a lot of tough shots. You know, but I just didn't think we had the energy that we had in the previous couple games. And, and I kind of came in at halftime. I just said, hey, guys, here's what's got us to where we are right now. And those three or four things I pointed out, we're not doing right now. And once we started doing those in the second half, then you started seeing, you know, our basketball team. This is a team that really feeds off energy. We're very athletic. When this group has energy, we're tough on, on the defensive end. And that should be our identity. I mean, we're one, I think we're one of the better defensive teams around because we have energy, we're very athletic, and I think we play, you know, play well, very well together. And that's one thing that people don't realize is that you can be a lot of people when they say selfish, they say, "Oh, it's an offense that's selfish." Well, you can be selfish on the defensive end too, and this group is not that. And you know, it was it was an unbelievable comeback. I mean, I almost had about ten heart attacks, I think, in the last five minutes. As you can tell with my voice, it was still hurting from yesterday's game. The atmosphere was crazy. We had almost probably a thousand people in there. That's awesome. A huge, a huge reason why we were able to get that comeback is the crowd and, and how much of an atmosphere we have at Del Val. Uh, crowd also almost cost you the game. And let me go over something here. You guys hit a three pointer. The clock didn't stop, but but it it it's not like we're talking seconds here. We're talking about point three seconds. Sure. It, it goes through. Eastern's walking off the floor. The horn sounded. The crowd takes to the floor. Refs come together and say, you know what? In reality, there should be three tenths of a second left, and then they put it. They they give you a tech, an administrative tech, for the crowd. Now this happened in a D two women's game earlier this season, right, and it right. caused some outrage because it ended up costing the team who hit the shot the game, 
And right. that conference went after the refs. Uh, I think they suspended oh, wow. them four games, uh, basically, for this. They, they suspended them out of the conference uh, tournament and, I believe, out of the NCAA tournament, basically saying, oh, come on, the horn sounded. You can't fault the fans for coming on. By the way, it was also a handful of fans. At some point, you have to be thinking to yourself, this is a little on the ridiculous side. Yeah. <laughs> I I. I will say that I don't think it was. I think the rule it was misinterpreted during our game. I don't think there should have been a technical foul. Well, if you're putting time back because, on the clock, yeah, because the buzzer when the buzzer goes off, you can't expect eighteen <laughs> to twenty-two year old kids. Right. To, oh, wait a minute. The buzz. Oh, wait. Do, are they going to put time on the clock? We should wait. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, hey, you know, things happen like that. As I say to my group, adversity got to deal with it. Some. Sometime during the season, that was a little adversity for us. And, you know, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll take something like that than having nobody in the gym, you know, and having no energy in our gym. I'd rather have something like that than having 50 people in the stand. So we dealt with it. We'll learn from it. And, and obviously, hopefully, we'll never have to deal with it again. Just dawned on me. I ought to look at the box score and see if I know the names of those involved. I don't <laughs> off the top of my head. Uh, maybe Donnie needs to get a call regarding that game. I don't know yeah. if he, he's your assigner he or not. He might have received one already. Yeah, I'm just that. saying. I mean, you don't need to be giving you an extra heart attack. You already had several on the way in. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, I mean, that, that's what's interesting is you guys now have control of this conference by 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 game. DeSales is certainly lurking behind you at 6-2. and two. Then it's Manhattanville, Misericordia, Wilkes, all tied at 4-4. Uh, back there in third place. You got a big game with the sales coming up this week. You'll also have a game against Manhattanville, both of them on the road. Um, a game like that can drain a team. A game like that can spark a team. Which, which way do you do you think this is going to be? Which way are you concerned about maybe? I mean, anytime, you know, you said the magic word, you know, two road games, you know, and yeah. anytime, that's my always biggest concern. Uh, when you go on the road and, and you know, Manhattanville's having a good year, obviously the sales is having a good year and they're a great program. To have two road games, we're going to find out a lot about this group uh, this week, you know, because, you know, we have such a great home atmosphere at Del Valle. It yeah. is very tough to win in our gym. And, you know, now we're going on the road to two gyms that I think are two of the better atmospheres in the league. Agreed. So it's, we, we have our hands full, and it's going to show a lot about our character, but I think it'll spark us. And what I'm hoping is, you know, field goal percentage defense is a big stat for us. And I think Eastern shot around 50% in the first half. In the second half, they shot about 26. And really, the only thing that changed, that was not X's and O's. The only thing that changed was our mentality and our energy level. So I'm hoping our guys can really, hey, very beneficial to, you know, to learn things through winning. Because a lot of times, sometimes you have to learn lessons through losing. And we were able to learn a lesson on Saturday and still win, so I'm hoping that sparks us here this week. You have uh, four seniors, a ton of freshmen on this squad. Um, it feels like this is the year you've got to take advantage of to some extent. Uh, Chris Moran leading the way as a senior, 18.9 uh, points a game, nearly 10 rebounds a game. Um, Kimbrough, uh, is it Tyleek? Yes, it is. Yes. Tali Kimbrough, 13.1 points a game, four rebounds a game. Uh, Kimbrough's a junior, we should point out. Barry Brockington, uh, 11 points a game, uh, almost five rebounds a game. He's also a senior. Uh, nine and a half points from Alex. Uh, I should have checked with Gordon on these. Uh, Matsane? Matsane? <laughs> Yeah, Matt, you know, what's funny is I get his name pronounced wrong, too, so don't feel bad about that <laughs> at all. Uh, uh, 
Well, he's Mancini, not. Mancini, I believe, is what I believe is what I think I'm correct. Hopefully. Well, he's a freshman. We we both better yeah. learn his last name darn quickly here. Um, he's coming out of oh, interesting out of my neck of the woods here in Randallstown, Maryland. Yes. Um, so you know you got to obviously you got the senior leadership. And we haven't mentioned everybody. Um, you've got a junior and you got a freshman mixed in there as well. But again, back to my point, it feels like this is the year really to take advantage of if you can. I mean, our seniors have been great. I mean, you know, each one of them, you know, Zach Sly and, and, and Chris Moran were a part of our championship team a couple of years ago. They were both freshmen. Chris was our first big guy off the bench and Zach was our starting point guard on that team. He was rookie of the year that year. And Barry came to us last year at the transfer. And he obviously, we got to the championship game last year and lost. They came back really hungry. And then we had a kid last year in Matt Gurner who, who really was an afterthought. You know, he was probably our 12th, 13th guy. He comes back this year. I mean, I, and I tell this to a lot of people. I really didn't have any, you know, hopes for him. And all of a sudden, the first month of practice, you know, he's making shots. He's on the glass. He's defending. And I'll tell you, we were in a run up at Misericordia on Wednesday. And he banged four threes in the last 10 minutes of that half. And I'm not sure if he doesn't make those, I'm not sure we're not leaving Dallas PA with a double-digit loss. So he's been huge this year. But, you know, Chris, in my opinion, if the player of the year was given out right now, I believe he is the player of the year in our conference. He's been terrific. And the challenge for all players is, hey, you're a great player. You're a great talent. Can you become a great winner? And I think he's starting to figure that out here and through leadership and getting guys making guys better on the court. And that's a tough thing to teach kids nowadays is, hey, you're a great player. Can you make others great too? And he's starting to really, really get going with that and, and really helped our basketball team. Is there a sense in this conference this might be a one-bid league this year? Um, DeSales certainly having a good season, but uh, five losses already. You've got three losses. I'm trying to quickly find unofficial SOS numbers. Give me a break. Or give me a minute here as I as I stretch. Uh, sure. Literally, I'm stretching as I'm waiting for the page to load. Now it's loading. It's getting there. Here we go. Um, you guys have an unofficial SOS. Unfortunately, right around 500. Um, do you have the feeling that listen, we got to go into this conference tournament. We got to secure a number one if we can. Make them come through our place. And then we got to be smart enough to win the AQ, or, or we're not going to be able to get into the tournament. I mean, I think I think any coach will tell you that you have to. You, you want to control your own best. Absolutely. You, know, you don't yeah. want to leave. You don't want to leave it up to anybody in a room deciding what your fate's going to be. And I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, we want to try to get the number one seed. We obviously know the support we have in our gym. Um, we want it, we want we want teams to have to come to our place, and you know, to win the championship. That's our goal. It's been our goal since the start of the season. Um, and we're just, you know, taking every practice, every game, day by day, and then hopefully in a couple weeks here we're playing our best basketball. Obviously, you beat the sales uh, 75-47 just a few day or a few days ago. Yeah, about about 11 days ago. Right uh, before we got clobbered with snow. Yeah, there we go. Right pre-blizzard, post-blizzard. Yeah, pre-blizzard. Yeah. Pre-blizzard, uh, you'll be playing them post uh, thunderstorms possibly uh, coming yeah. up on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I'll make change. I was going to say, can you take anything from, from that game prior, or is it throw it out and we just kind of got to go back in fresh? Well, I think the difference is obviously we're going to their place. Yeah. And, and obviously they have a great program, and, and I'm sure he's going to remind them um, about the result. You know, So they're obviously going to be really hungry to play us. And, and like I said, we got to bring the same intensity that we brought at home, and it's going to be you know, hopefully another really good college game to become a rivalry between us. And anytime you have those type of games, crazy things happen. We just got to be ready to play. And, and like I said, it starts Wednesday with Manhattanville. 
you know, and, and then obviously we'll worry about the sales on Saturday. Um, love the uh, article that uh, that Rob Knox put together, and I loved the quote from your mother. Uh, don't go to <laughs> Delaware Valley; they don't win there. Um, are you the Are you often of one who does not listen to their mothers? Yeah, unfortunately, no. I you know I, I got in a little trouble after that. I, I actually somebody <laughs> caught it and must have told her uh, about it, so I did get an earful about that. But I kind of use that example because you know obviously it's your own mother. Usually mothers are the ones that, you know, say, oh, you can do anything. You know, yeah. you can coach the Lakers someday. You know what I mean? So they're very, oh, you know, my son can do anything. And when she was basically telling me, you can't win there, you know, that's how you kind of knew how bad it really was with that program. But um, it's, believe me, even though my own, she's my own mother, I have reminded her every time we have one that she did tell me that. But um, it's been a great seven, you know, eight years here, and, and uh, we're just trying to, you know, hopefully contend for another championship this year, but the turnaround's been awesome, and, and I've had great staff and great players. Anybody knows players win games, and we've had some really good players in past teams, and we have some great ones on this team also. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us and, and talk about the Aggies. Uh, looking forward to seeing how you guys do the rest of the way. Uh, as always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, I appreciate you having, uh, having me on. It really uh, really means a lot to me and my program. And I just want to give a shout-out to my staff. You know, they've been great this year, and, you know, and uh, they've made my job really easy. And I want to give a shout-out to my captain. They've been great. And it's been a really fun group to coach, and I'm really excited to see what the future holds here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, certainly enjoy watching what you guys have been doing. Looking forward to seeing the rest of the race, and uh, good luck. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Casey Steitzel joining us here. On the show, appreciate him taking the time. Again, those Aggies playing some pretty good basketball. 16-3 uh, overall, 7-1 in conference with a big win come from behind against Eastern uh, just yesterday. Again, at Manhattanville in the middle of the week, then they'll travel to DeSales on Saturday. Two big games. The advantage, they'll finish at home three of their last four. So uh, six games left, and the final three of the last four will be at home. So certainly still in the catbird seat, but two big games coming up this week uh don't forget about the hoops hill fundraising efforts we'll talk more about it about the end of the show but we want to mention them as well if you ever want to we've been tweeting it out go to our our twitter page d3hoopsville.com you can also go to our i'm sorry that's our webpage d3hoopsville.com you can find more about the fundraising efforts there you can also find it on our twitter account at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoop excuse me hashtag hoopsville tweeting it out accordingly there as well uh certainly any help you can have um, the Banshee has tweeted us about thoughts on UMass Dartmouth's uh, Jordan Resendez. We'll get back to you about him. Uh, Banshee, we got to get to commercial break and on to our next guest, but I will get back to you on my thoughts on him. Uh, maybe after the break. We'll see about my timing here. Uh, you're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for, um, from the WBCA NABC studios. Coming up next, we go to the WBCA Center Court. We'll talk Moravian women's basketball with Mary Beth Spit- Spittle. Spurk, sorry. Can't, I, I am having all kinds of issues writing down notes these days. Mary Beth Spurk joins us on the show. Love having MB on. We'll look forward to talking to her coming up and what she does in the community. Spectacular work. It's all coming up. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. More Hoopsville right after this.
Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a current Division III student athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first-year student-athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I believe student-athletes can help break down the barriers of exclusion. I pledge to support and encourage my teammates to support my campus's LGBTQ student group by volunteering and participating in events. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I believe that everyone should be educated on LGBTQ issues. I pledge to work with my athletic department and my campus to foster dialogue and create a community of support, respect, and pride. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are Division III student-athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoopsville. This is Danielle Donahue, Executive Director of the WBCA. And we are a proud, proud partner and very excited about all the future broadcasts. Here's Dave. And thank you to her. Welcome back to Hoopsville. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Ask us questions, share your comments, et cetera, et cetera. The Banshee asked us about uh, UMass Dartmouth Jordan uh, Resendez, which we will get to. You're welcome to do it. Of course, in four weeks, we'll be talking about who we think's in and out of the tournament. That's a perfect way to interact with us as well. Uh, you can all do that. Of course, it's on the bottom of your screen if you want more information. Don't forget about the Hoops Hill fundraising efforts as well. We appreciate you taking the time to do that and uh, to to uh, help us cover Division III um, a little, with a little bit more uh, – Ability and, and in other words, you know, shine a light on it, as it were, uh, the way it deserves to be shown. Uh, your your donations help us basically pay the costs and get around the country to see teams. Uh, we don't keep a dime, though some would argue we should. We just don't. It's just not how we operate. Um, now, time to uh, go to our newest segment uh, this year. It debuted this year. We've certainly been enjoying it in the last few years or a few weeks, I should say. WBCA Center Court getting us a chance to talk to coaches who are involved with the WBCA, Women's Basketball Coaches Association, talking to them not necessarily about what they're doing on the court, but really what they're doing off the court or in the name of basketball or what they're doing in their communities or something along those lines. One of those that I've always had in my mind when it comes to this segment and what I've loved having on the show in the past is Mary Beth Spurk, head coach from Moravian, and she joins us now on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I, I will get this out of the way now. I don't like the new landmark schedule because I no longer get the chance to see you at the at the Goucher <laughs> Gym because it's always a split day on a Wednesday with you guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough schedule. And, and uh, you know, we, we split the men and the women on the weekday. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, that's the way it's worked out. So. Hopefully, it, you know, we'll be okay. I don't think I've seen you since uh, they split it, which is really unfortunate for me. I, I realize it's not all about me. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoy usually seeing you uh, at the Goucher game. Now I just got to get to Moravian. That's obviously the, yeah, the plan that's here. Yeah, exactly it. You got you to gotta come up to Bethlehem and uh, check us out. We'll talk about your team. We'll talk about the conference in a bit. But the, the whole point of this segment is really to talk about what you do outside of just coaching a basketball team, which you're now doing for 28 years at Moravian and doing pretty darn well. Um, first and foremost, uh, for the sixth straight year, you're on the WBCA Board of Directors, and just that alone takes on a lot of responsibilities. It's you, it's Mar- it's uh, Pat Manning at Williams, it's uh, Krista, Krista Cuddy, I believe. Am I correct, down at Emory? Thomas, Thomas Cuddy. Thomas Cuddy, yep. yep. Uh, down at, at Emory is the other one who's on the Board of Directors. Certainly seems like something you love doing. Uh, yeah, you know, it was an opportunity... Uh, for me to, to get a little more involved, uh, I've been on, you know, a bunch of committees. I've been on the NCAA regional committees over the years, and, and I've been on the NCAA um, or the WBCA or uh, uh, Kodak All-American Committee. I've been the chair of it for, for a lot of years. Uh, and, and so when the opportunity came up to, to be involved even and more so as on the board of directors, uh, I... I jumped at it, and and uh, it's really been it's really been great because you get to work with uh, you know not only great people in the, at the WBCA, but but also you know you meet in some Division One and Division Two coaches that uh, you maybe wouldn't have a chance to meet otherwise. Um, obviously, you're involved with that. You're also involved in some other things uh, with the WBCA. <laughs> Um, so, you, you know, you keep your hands busy. You also keep your hands busy in the community. We'll get to that in a minute. But what's it, what is it about giving back, and how much has changed with the WBCA in your tenure? Well, it's, it's changed a lot. You know, the CEO, uh, our new CEO, Dan, Danielle Donahue, yeah. she's just been, uh, she's been terrific. Uh, I, I think just, again, becoming more, uh, becoming more of, uh, of almost a business type of uh of atmosphere, which which you have to do, and and you have to compete, you know, out there, um, and, and, you know, that kind of model. So that for me to see that transition has been unbelievable. Um, just her way of running things, and and um, you know, the WBCA office all the time, and all the back, you know. <laughs> When you just show up at the final four, you think it's easy, but when when you realize all the, all the other stuff that's going on um, with the awards, with just the the running of it and and day to day operations, it's it's really commendable what what the entire staff does there. And and then you know all these coaches that give of their time that are on the board, it it is you know it is it, it's time consuming, and and none of the coaches on the board are getting paid. Uh, extra at least at least i don't know they are i mean maybe maybe everybody else is but i'm not no i was gonna um, say they didn't tell you they got you for free i know <laughs> i know um but 
you know, it is amazing when you, when you think of it, you know, that that we're doing it because we do love the game and we want to give back. And I think for me, you know, it, it really, this career, uh, coaching career, it has been great for me personally. And, and so if I can give something back to some younger coaches or, or even, you know, coaches that have, have been around for a while, I, I just think it's important uh, to do that. Uh, and so I, I even though some days, and we have a couple calls coming up next week, some conference calls, uh, you know, it it takes away from maybe your own team and, and some uh, game planning, but I think it, it ultimately is worth it. Uh, well, you're obviously the Moravian uh, Athletics Associate Athletic Director and SWA on top of that. You volunteered at the <laughs> NCAA-sponsored Yes Clinic for the last few years at the women's, or at least for a couple years at the women's Final Four. Right. Um, you know, you're involved with the WBCA on top of that, but you're also very involved with stuff back at Moravian. You guys will be hosting, uh, coming up this year, uh, this weekend, uh, the February 6th, or really the whole week, um, right. the play for K week, you guys, Moravian in general, one of the top, um, fundraisers in all of division three for this event. You, you really take this to heart. I do, and and I think it's not just me. You know, I, I again, I've been lucky enough to have great assistance and a great community at Moravian that um, really embraces it. It's it's the whole community, my team, the community. You know, we were in New Jersey today at Springfield um, at Dayton High School. Mm-hmm. We had about I don't know 150 kids wow. there, and and uh, you know all the all the proceeds are going towards towards the uh you know the fundraiser um you know it, it it's just i the, the play for k i'm obviously k yow um yep. and and her you know her, what she started and and it just become uh kind of the pa- a passion of me i lost my sister-in-law to um breast cancer so you know i have it's a personal thing and and obviously you know unfortunately a lot of people most everybody I uh, could tell the, a story, but, you know, for me, that's how it really began. And so um, we take pride in it, and, and we know, again, I try to tell my players, hey, you guys are really lucky. You're doing something here that, um, uh, you know, you're playing basketball, you're able to do this, and, you know, give back um, to some people that, that can't do this, you know, that, that can't play and have fun. So um, that's part of what I, I try to try to preach, you know, to, to constantly give back. And, then, and um, you know, that's what we try to do with our with our team. Um, $17,000 last year, seventy four, almost $75,000 in the last seven years to this campaign. Your goal is 10000 this year. Gut tells me you'll beat that, obviously, by Saturday, <laughs> uh, just from your track record, as it were. But you get so many people involved. That speaks a lot, though. To, to the efforts that you lead them with, Mary Beth. I know you, you want to pass it off to your assistants and your team, to everybody else who's contributing, but you're the leader. You're, you're inspiring them to do that, and that says a lot about you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and again, I, I feel blessed that, that we're able to do that. And, and I think anytime you're passionate about something and you can get other people passionate, it, it, it's really kind of neat. It's a kind of neat thing to see and, and – you know, a couple of my friends kid me and, and say, oh, okay, we got T-shirts this year, and what, <laughs> what do you have? And we're, we're doing a little fundraiser after. But, you know, I know ultimately that that they love being part of it too, and, and 
you know, the community, you know, if you ask, it is, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of fundraisers out there and, yeah. and you know, <laughs> um, so, so I feel blessed that, that, you know, people around Moravian are, are uh, willing to, you know, take money out of their, their wallet and, and contribute and, and uh, feel good about themselves as well. Uh, you're also a physical education associate professor at the school, so which all leads me to where do you find all the time? <laughs> well, I think when, you know, and I, I'm sure any any Division three coach will, <laughs> will tell you this, uh, you know, you have to wear many hats. Yes. And, 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 and that's what keeps you going. You know, you you're you have to keep your uh, you got to stay on top of things. You, you got to, you know, not only be a coach, but you have to be a mentor. You have to make sure um, you're doing other jobs. You know, I I was uh, filling out compliance forms uh, on Friday with a couple athletes that, uh, you know, a couple uh, lacrosse players, track players, whatever, that had to fill out their compliance form. So, um, you know, that's part of the deal when you when you sign up to, to do this. And, and I really enjoy it because it does, it, it does kind of, um, you maybe need that escape a little bit sometimes from from the season and and take your mind off of it. Um, you know, if not just for uh, a little while. But um, so it's, it's it's challenging at times, but uh, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, I forgot compliance too. I totally forgot that was part. Of that. <laughs> I saw that in my notes as well. You're also on the branding and membership working group at the WBCA. Um, at, at this point, I think you're going to be Danielle's associate uh, anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. To help her run things. <laughs> By the way, the trio, I said this to Pat Manning the other a couple weeks ago when we had her on. You, uh, Thomas Cuddy, and Manning as a trio, that's that's a trio I'd pay money to just sit in a corner and watch you guys try and work. <laughs> try and work. That's gotta that's gotta be some fun meetings or at least conference calls. I'll tell you what, it's really been fun to to work with uh, both Pat and Chris. I mean, those guys are they're, they're great people, and uh, they also happen to be some terrific coaches. You know, they have great teams, and, and so that's, that's a really, uh, you know, a good experience for me, and, and uh, we, we do enjoy the work uh, and enjoy the time with each other. Um, let's talk about your team quickly before we, before we run out of time. You're okay. having a pretty darn good season, Coach. 15-4 and four overall, 8-2. and two. Granted, tough loss to Catholic just yesterday. Uh, 85-80 in conference play. Um, yep. You also have a loss earlier in the season to Scranton. Uh, Albright also tripped you up along with Muhlenberg. Of course, Muhlenberg's mm-hmm. having a tremendous season. Um, Albright's having a pretty darn good season. Scranton's yeah, having yeah. a pretty good darn season. My point is <laughs> you're not losing any slackers here. Um, how, but what's your point of view on the whole thing? Uh, yeah, you know, all those teams, you know, we're, we're playing a, a, a really good schedule. You know, we, we beat some really good teams, and the teams we lost to are, are just having great years. And, you know, obviously we, we'd like to get, get one or two of them back. But, um, you know, I, I, we're, we're, I got a pretty good team, and, and I'm really proud of we, we had four straight away games on the road. In fact, when we, we got off the bus at Moravian after Catholic, one of the kids said, "Coach, you know we've been in on the bus for 24 hours. If you count, <laughs> we were at we were at Juniata Monday, we were at Merchant Marine Wednesday, and we were at Catholic on Saturday. So um, it was a it was a rough week for us. And we started it off with the following Wednesday at Scranton. So um, you know, it, 
We, I have a, a good group. I got a, a great uh, group of seniors, good leaders, and I have a couple uh, young kids that that have been playing well. So, um, we're, you know, if we could, you know, keep on playing well and hang around, I, I think, you know, come playoff time, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be a little dangerous because we can, we can score, we can put up some numbers, and if if we play some uh, solid defense, uh, you know, we'll we'll be right there, and hopefully. You know that's where we we what we want to do get into the uh, conference playoffs and and then uh, take it from there. Uh, only a handful of seniors on the squad. Well, you got two four seniors and a graduate student, so more more seniors than I than I was giving you credit for. Oh, more more seniors than that. Jeez, I can't even read. I apparently I got new glasses, <laughs> new contacts. They're not helping me. Uh, let's see, two, four, five I seniors, seven, six seniors and a graduate. There we go. Right there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, it's a, it's a, a lot of group. leadership. Yes, uh, definitely, and and you know, like Casey said uh, earlier, you know, you good, need good leaders, um, and and I do. I I uh, not only on the floor but off the floor. Uh, you know, I have some kids that don't play as many minutes, but um, they, they're just terrific. And uh, you know, getting the extra year out of Alexis Wright really uh, yeah. helped us. She's having a she's just having a tremendous year, and. Um, you know, uh, again, we we got to bounce back from the tough tough game against Catholic. We have Scranton, so you know we we have Scranton and Susquehanna uh, this week, and and hopefully, uh, you know, we could uh, we we could maybe get two here. Um, you, you mentioned right, uh, double double at thirteen point three points a game, eleven point five rebounds a game. Camille McPherson, a junior, leading the team at fourteen and a half points a game, five and a half rebounds a game. Uh, senior uh, Alicia Marks. Uh, 10.5 points a game, 7.5 rebounds a game. I just wanted to point them out before we lost time here. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. big games coming up. you got Scranton at home, Susquehanna at home, Drew at home. You actually finish five of your next six all at home. So you talk about those road trips. You only got one left, right. and it's to Elizabethtown. Otherwise, it's Scranton, yeah. Susquehanna, Drew, Merchant Marine, and Juniata all at home. This is can, this can be key. Two games behind Scranton, a game up on Catholic, and others in the conference to kind of to kind of secure yourself into a nice little spot. Oh, absolutely. You know, we said we we paid the price uh, on the road the last couple of games, but we're looking forward to uh, you know nothing like home court, uh, nothing like, and we get a great crowd, and and we're going to need it, and uh, we're we're excited for the next couple of weeks, and and hopefully we could. Uh, you know, get get in and, and do some uh, damage come uh, playoff time. Um, Coach, before we let you go, we always have a, a Q&A thing that we do as part of the WBCA Center Court. Uh, we always ask the same questions of all the coaches on the segment so we can ha- kind of hear the different answers that exist mm-hmm. around this. So do you mind if we have a little fun with this? Sure, go ahead. All right. So first, your favorite thing about coaching, especially in Division Three. Oh. Jeez, that's, I, I have so many answers. That could be tough. I think my favorite thing are the, the kids. Uh, you know, you're talking about solid student athletes. Um, they're, they're, you know, I've been fortunate to have some really good good people that I've uh, coached, and I think that's my favorite thing. I, I, I'm, I'm working with with players that that understand it's academics first, and and they're also pretty good basketball players. And on top of that, they're they're pretty good kids. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? <laughs> uh, uh, that you should ask my players that. I would say my biggest pet peeve is uh, no eye contact 
when mm. you're talking to me. Yeah, oh. you, you gotta look. You gotta look me in the eye. And unfortunately, I can't see you right now. But um, like, I, so next time, next time you see me, make sure you have good eye contact. I always with do. Me. It's like it's like Cal Ripken. He won't let go of your hand unless you make eye contact with him when shaking his hand. I learned there that. You go. I learned that the uh, the easy way, as it were. Um, <laughs> let's see. Favorite rule or nuance of the game. Uh, oof, boy, favorite rule. Uh, huh, good question. Um, I don't know. What's my favorite rule? Um, there could be a nuance. It could be I, a little bit different thing about the game. It doesn't have to necessarily be a rule. Uh, hmm. Well, I know what my, I, I don't, I, I'll tell you what my favorite, my least favorite is. I, I, I want the, the five second count on, uh, on the, uh, ball. Yeah. I, I'd like to, I'd like to have that. Um, you don't like how the men I, got rid of it, do you? I know. No, I wouldn't. No. Yeah. I've, I've talked to a few coaches who are a little miffed that the men got rid of the rule. Right, right, right. I, I, I don't know. I, I think you know the women's game. I, I like the women's game that that it um, you know it, it's played below the rim, so you, it's more skill than than sometimes you, you you know you have the athleticism that um, guys. I mean, obviously it's nice watching the dunks and all that, but I I think I like the uh, the you know the more skill of the game yeah, with the women. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> what rule would you want to see added, removed, or changed? I think you just kind of hinted at it. But if there's another one out there, just in case. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, it's taken me a while to um, get used to the uh, the the quarters. But um, you know, I, I I wish we we wouldn't change uh, you know things quite so much all the time. But um, so I I would say uh, I, I wish we could go back to the the two halves. But you know. It, 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 we're we're getting used to it by now. Okay. Um, any pregame ritual or superstition? Uh, uh, <laughs> I used to have a few, but as I got older, I decided that um, wasn't worth you it. Know, yeah, it wasn't worth it. It was overrated. So I, I think. Um, you know what? What we do in the in the locker room is I just try to stay focused and and tell the kids let's put ourselves in a positive frame of mind because I think too often we always are thinking negative thoughts like oh I hope I don't miss or um, I, you know for me personally all right stay in the game make sure you make the right call or um, you know the right sub so I I think it, it just the the pregame that I do is you know take a deep breath this is fun. Um, you know, let's go, let's be positive. Let's have some, you know, a, a good time instead of being stressed. Uh, sounds good to me. What's your craziest travel experience? <laughs> well, uh, in, oh, this is a long time ago. We went up to the NCAAs up to Geneseo and, uh, the, we, we lost, it was in the sweet 16 and, uh, we lost, uh, in the, the Sweet 16 round, and the next day we woke up to uh, uh, just snow-covered, uh, you know, everything, and we Oof. got out of there. And it, it turns out that um, actually my parents and my my uh, sister-in-law, my my assistant's uh, parents got stuck in Geneseo for like four days, but we <laughs> drove through 
were on the highway and we realized that they shut the highway down. Oh. It was a that was in like 94 or something. <laughs> 94 95. Oh. We got we I don't even know how, how we got home and uh <laughs> I needless to say I got stuck. I couldn't get home once we did pull into uh at Moravian, but yeah, that was craziness. It was <laughs> we never should have probably been driving. They they shut down the highways and everything. And like I said, my family was stuck. They were stuck in somewhere up in Geneseo for like oh. four or five days. <laughs> oh, that is brutal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's my always my biggest fear when I travel in, in winter is right. I'm going to get stuck. My wife used to laugh at me. I used to travel with a sleeping bag and, a, and, a, and, some, and some extra blankets <laughs> in my car because there's a stretch in Maine where my parents live that if uh-huh. used to not have very good cell coverage. And you just didn't want to get caught, so I, I've right. I've, oh, yeah. I've loosened Absolutely. up on that tradition a little bit. Um, <laughs> hey, how would your assistants describe describe you as a coach? <laughs> well, they tell me because uh, I have a couple of assistants that have played for me, so they always tell me that I've gotten soft, that I'm not as <laughs> they, oh, I, that I can't believe you let them do that. Or in fact, they said it to me the other day, and I don't even remember what what happened, but. They said, "Oh, you would never let us do that when we played." So oh. I would say they that I've gotten softer, but uh, I don't know. I, I think they would say I'm pretty intense and and uh, you know uh, I'm competitive. Uh, but I also realized uh, you got to have some fun while you're doing this. And uh, uh, so I, I would say they probably would say I was intense, but uh, you know could laugh as well. Pretty good. Uh, finally, when you retire, and all good coaches do. Uh, what do you hope people will remember you as a coach? Um, I, you know, I, I, I think about it because it's it's coming. It's going to be soon. Uh, you know, not not real soon, but it, it'll be there. And, and I didn't mean uh, to touch on I, a I, sensitive I, spot there, Coach. Oh no, 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 not at all. Um, you know, I I hope that that people would say, uh, you know, that I was fair and that. Um, you know, I was competitive, but not overly competitive that I, I forgot about the, you know, the people side of, of what we're doing. And, you know, as I try to tell young coaches that, you know, um, what goes around comes around, treat each other fairly. This is not life or death. Um, you know, everybody wants to win, but you, you have to, you know, be nice to each other and be kind and, and all that. So I, I think that's, that's what, uh, you know, I, I would want to be remembered by, and, and hopefully that I, I won a few games along the way as well. <laughs> just a couple, two, three. Uh, just a few games. Well, Coach, good luck the rest of the season. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank uh, you very much. Before we wrap it up, I wanted to let you know you were very kind uh, a number of years ago when we did our very first Hoopsville fundraiser to right, uh, right. help us out, and as a result, in kind, I want to do the same. I have donated to your uh, – Play for K. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you very much. Absolutely. I did it in honor of Lauren Hill. I hope you don't mind. Uh, who's oh, obviously absolutely great. That's awesome. In yep. inspiration. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small amount, but I want to thank you for your support, and I want to support you in kind. So uh, good luck Thanks. this weekend with or week with all of that, obviously. I look forward to okay. seeing the results on Saturday. As, if, uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in? You know, again, remember that what we're doing as coaches, uh, you know, it's it's important to to who we're dealing with. We're dealing with young student athletes and and make sure they come first above all. And, um, you know, it it is a game and and let's have fun doing it. 
you know, and, and like I said, try to be kind to each other. Yeah, well said, Coach. Uh, I'm going to try and find a way to get to see you in action uh, sometime soon. Good luck the rest of the season, okay. and Appreciate we'll talk it. to you soon, okay? All right, thank you. Mary Beth Spurk joining us here on Hoops. We'll appreciate her taking the time. Real quick look at their uh, page. If you want to donate, go to Moravian's website. Uh, they've got some links there. That can't miss them. Um, you can donate. Uh, their goal is pretty big, but it's always achievable, and they always do a good job. I'm happy to donate myself. Uh, join me. Uh, either uh, I took, uh, you know, it's not that much time to do it. So uh, I want to thank Coach for coming on the show. We're running behind schedule like we always do uh, at this point in time in the show. I'm going to have to adjust my shows a little bit. I keep thinking these NABC, WBCA segments are going to be shorter than they are. They're wonderfully long. So we're going to adjust in the future. Don't forget, we also have the Hoopsville Marathon show coming up. We're going to have another WBCA special on that Thursday. We'll have another NABC segment on that Thursday as well before returning on Sunday with the WBCA segment uh, again. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll keep talking women's basketball. Head down to Arkansas. Uh, talk Hendricks women's basketball. You're listening to Hoops Hoop presented by D3Hoops.com. Uh, and the Nash, uh, from the WBCA, NABC Studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville right after this. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport and don't get that experience. Being a Division Three athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus, but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Jostens Trophy, which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court. I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader. In the other end of the day, it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how they do in the classroom. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Hope you are enjoying the show. I want to thank again Mary Beth Spurk for joining us. On the program, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Don't forget, coming up, we still have men's basketball to talk about with Wesleyan men's basketball coach Joe Riley. We'll also take a look back on how Glenn, uh, how uh, Franklin and Marshall celebrated the 900th win by Glenn Robinson. 
Uh, we'll also talk more about the Hoopsville fundraising efforts and, of course, the Hoopsville Marathon, all coming up on Thursday. That's all still ahead here on a show that technically has 25 minutes left. Yeah, we're going to hit into overtime here on Hoopsville tonight. Uh, of course, that's because first up, we have another women's basketball topic. Banshee, I know you got my question for UMass, Dartmouth's Jordan Resendez. We will talk about him as soon as I get a chance. Well, you know what? Let's just get it out of the way now. Uh, Jordan Resendez put up 58 points in an 88-83 win the other night. Pretty impressive from uh, Jordan, to say the least. He's averaging 30 points a game. Um, if you stick around to the end of the show, I'll share my other thoughts, though, on what that all means in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but congratulations on Lee pu uh, putting up a school record 58 points in the victory, and that's certainly more important. Let's go back to women's basketball. We're going to jump down, in this, down into the South region, talk women's basketball down there with the Hendricks Warriors. Uh, the team are 15-4 and four overall, 6-2 and two in SAA action. Unfortunately, dropping a game today to Birmingham Southern, 75-63. Um, they still have a game to make up, though, with Birmingham Southern at the end of the season. They aren't done with them yet, so this is just a taste of how the end of the season may be. And as I said, we got through it. For most conferences, three weeks left of the regular season plus conference tournament action, so four weeks left of the entire regular season. So a lot of talk about it, Hendricks, and so we figured we'd go down and talk to their head coach. Drew Gang joins us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thank you, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely appreciate you taking the time. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. 12-point loss to Birmingham Southern. I know that's not exactly how you drew it up when you put your scouting report together. Uh, sure. puts, puts you guys into a two-way tie here or uh, with uh, at, on top. So at least you're not out of first place. It's not a horrible loss. you got a chance to, to, to redeem it. The problem is you're going to have to do it at their place. Absolutely, yeah. Um, disappointed with the result, and um, you know, credit to Birmingham, a good team. They played a played a great game today, and we're able to win a big one. So, um, as you said, though, a lot lot of basketball left in a league that's got a lot of really good teams. So, we uh, we got plenty in front of us here before we'll we'll see them down the down the line. So, we're just going to try and and uh, get over it quickly, learn from it, and get prepared for for our next weekend of games. You guys sit out in one of those proverbial islands, but I almost think it's the forgotten island. It's kind of like Hawaii. Texas is the big <laughs> island down there, and then there's a bunch of smaller sure. ones everyone forgets about, and I think you're on one of those smaller ones to some extent because when you look at your your schedule, even even a guy like me who's been around Division Three ba basketball in some capacity for about 20 years, I even look at your schedule going, well, that doesn't look right. Why are they playing them? Oh, that's right. It's actually easier to go play Texas. So, you know, University of Dallas and Austin and Centenary of Louisiana in the in the the little known Rust squad that always shows up. Uh, Maryville, Rhodes, Austin, again Texas, Dallas, Texas Lutheran, Shiner, Centenary, Louisiana again, Rust again. Before we even got into conference play, it's tough to schedule down there, and and I see a lot of repeated stuff. Um, what's the mentality with the out of out of conference to try and get you ready for conference? Uh, for our group this year, it's uh, proven to be more on the road or more neutral sites than home games, which um, can be good and bad. Certainly good for your yeah. gro uh, group if you can if you can win those and sure. be a little more battle tested come conference play. But uh, you're right, and we've got to go west a lot for our games or, or south and west. So we, we're we're in Texas a bunch. Um, we're kind of right in the middle in terms of uh, where we are for conference play. We're heading east, and uh, in non-conference we're heading west, and we just don't have many options in uh, in our area. So, uh, but we played a good good non-conference schedule, and we're able to to win some ball games, which has put us, I think, in a good position to be prepared for what's turned out to be an extremely tough SAA. 
Um, what's interesting is, um, you know, obviously Austin and Dallas are repeated games. Rust is a repeated game. Centenary is a repeated game. You're almost playing a larger conference schedule, uh, in the grand scheme of things. And in some ways you're playing the old SCAC schedule, which I don't think you've been around long enough to even know about. Um, but you know, it it obviously isn't about positioning yourself for at large because you, you pretty much know you got to go out there and just win the darn conference. Uh, in every way, it's the only way you're going to get in the tournament. If I'm not mistaken, Hendricks hasn't been in the tournament since 2000. Am I correct? I believe that's correct. Yes, been a, been a while for us. So, um, you know, I, I think you probably any coach you talk to, nobody's got the luxury of, of banking on at larges. You know, yeah. our goal is, is as a team and a program is to go one and zero every night. We've got a chance, and you know whether that puts you in the, the position for an at large or not. Um, you know, you're trying obviously to to win the conference and, and then win the conference tournament. Uh, located in Conway, Arkansas. Give everybody a little bit of an idea of where Conway is. It's uh, just north of Little Rock, about 25 miles. Um, so college town, a few other schools here in, in Conway, Central Baptist, and um, University of Central Arkansas. So nice place to live and, and start a family and, and a great school and, and a great state and a great city. You're literally in the middle of what used to be the old SCAC, for lack of a better description. Exactly. You're you're exactly. dead center. Uh, you're about equal distant from some of the Texas schools as you are from some of the from the Tennessee and, and Kentucky locales. Uh, I only know that because I drove a long distance uh, through that neck of the country about a year and a half ago and truly got to understand distances a little bit better um, sure, with that sure. trip. Uh, I'm an East Coast guy myself, and yep. a two-hour drive used to seem long. Now that's nothing here. So. Yeah. Well, my, my greatest example, a little off topic, is it takes me about 12 Twelve and a half hours nowadays. It used to take a little longer. Now that speed limits and easy pass make it easier to get from my place here in, in the Baltimore area to my parents' place in down east Maine. Uh, this cross country trip it took us thirteen hours to cross the state of Texas. In other words, it took me longer at higher speeds because we have higher speed limits out there sure. to cross Texas than it did to get half you know do half the East Coast. Just sure. to give everybody a, an idea, travel is brutal. Um, you guys went eight games out of nine on the road in some capacity between the beginning of December uh, and the middle of January. And granted, there's a break in there, but I, I did three major trips in a month using the airplane a little bit, and I was exhausted. How did you get out of that one unscathed? I mean, you look at it, you only lost two games out of those nine. Sure. Um, and two, two tough ones at, yeah. at that. By the way, uh, center, center and Texas Lutheran, and they're you know pretty tough teams. Sure. Um, you know, for us, I guess I didn't necessarily do the best job of, of scheduling there, but sometimes you get caught in, the, in you know, what is a return game with some of, some other schools. <laughs> sure. so, this year, just a few more than, than normal, but it's been good for our team because I think in our league right now, road wins are, are like gold bars, as someone said. So hmm. uh, hopefully we can build off of it and some of our experiences in the non-conference schedule and uh, try and, and go get a few more on the road here as, as we've got four left in the, in the conference play on the road. Well, Drew, I hope, you, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy the road because you just got done with four home games, and as you alluded to, four of the next six on the road. You'll travel to Barry and Oglethorpe this coming weekend. Following weekend, you'll play at home against Swanee and, and Center, and then you'll head back out on the road. Two tough ones, Millsaps and Birmingham Southern. There's a lot of good teams still ahead of you. There's a lot of important games still ahead of you. How do you take a loss today? and kind of forget about it, despite how hard that will be just in the general sense of who you were playing. Uh, 
difficult, certainly. I think you, did, you hit the nail on the head there. It, it, it's hard to take one um, like today on the chin and, and uh, move forward, but you have to. And in our league, nobody to overlook. All road games are, are very difficult, so we're just going to try and um, hopefully move past it and get prepared to, to go 1-0. and I say that with the kids all the time, 1-0 in practice. Uh, day after day, and then you know, hopefully Friday night, one and zero, and we'll regroup and see what can happen after that. Let's talk about your squad here. Always love going through the season, the uh, overall box score, as it were, and looking at who's who. Uh, you're led by I'm not going to even get this one correct because uh, Caitlin Crisell Bigler, Crisell Bigler. Yeah, very nice. Uh, nearly 18 points a game, three and a half rebounds a game. She's your assist captain. Uh, I got to do the math here because that is a monstrous number, uh, four and a half per game. Um, Sarah Dislin, six, Dislin, sixteen points a game, ten rebounds, almost nine rebounds a game. Sarah, I apologize for butchering your last name there. She also shoots sixty-two percent from the floor. Both of those two players, very, very good free throw shooters. Uh, Heather Pros, uh, nine and a half points a game and, and nearly seven rebounds a game. Uh, also shoots well from the floor at nearly 50%, uh, shoots about 68% from the free throw line. Just those three alone sounds like you've got a good nucleus and a dangerous dangerous group. We really do. Um, we're fortunate to have a lot of weapons. Um, Caitlin is a senior point guard, a talented scorer and distributor, I, I think near the top of the league, if not at the top, in both points and assists, which is, is not um, something that's common in, in leagues. And then uh, the other two you mentioned are, are big presences for us uh, in the post. Sarah is a, more of a physical five, really good on the glass. Heather's a bit of a stretch four, good athlete with some guard skill. And uh, the three of them are really competitive kids, play very hard, um, but still just a, a piece and certainly a big piece of, of what we do. We've got a lot of other kids and a lot of weapons. Mm. Um, we've had some games this year with na- not, not those three names that have come up big in, in big spots. So it's a fun group to coach. Certainly very lucky to have the kids that we have. Uh, Caitlin's a senior. The other two are, are sophomores. We also should mention there's a junior in the mix at eight points a game, uh, uh, Anna King. Um, she's a, a junior, I believe. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yes, you're going to lose a really important point guard uh, there in, in Caitlin, but you bring back a good nucleus. You're, you're building very nicely here, are you not? We are. Um, you know, this is certainly a, a special year, and, and every year is for our kids, and we, we've done a good job to this point. Um, we'll worry about this season as it uh, as it plays out, and then, you know, we'll get prepared and try and continue to build on, on what we've done here recently and, and move forward. And we get, we got a lot of kids um, coming back that will have experience as well. So we're excited about the future, and, and right now we're still obviously trying to take, take things one day at a time, one game at a time. Uh, let's talk about you a little bit because something that caught me caught my eye was your resume. First off, because you played for one of my friends, uh, Paige Moyer, down at Roanoke. Um, sure, yeah. we, if no one if no one recognizes Drew's name, you probably should have because he certainly led Roanoke to one of their more successful seasons in recent history. They're certainly having a good season this year as well. But the, I think the last time they had a season like this, you were on the squad, uh, two thousand and eight. Um, but what caught my eye was it looks like you first went to Mount St. Mary's um, in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Did did you go to play at Mount St. Mary's? I did. I was a walk-on there. Um, for I was at the school for two years as a, as a freshman. I was a walk-on. I'm fortunate to, to get a little playing time and, and get in a handful of ball games there. And then as a redshirt my sophomore year, was able to become a better player before I transferred down to Roanoke and, and finish out my college career playing for, for Coach Moyer. 
Um, Coach Moyer, that, that's a whole other conversation. I'm sure we could spend Absolutely. hours on. Paige is, a, like I said, Paige a good friend, but at the same time, we could talk for hours. Uh, You're uh, right. Uh, maybe <laughs> after the show. Yeah, maybe. Um, but what track did you, I mean, well, let me ask you this, because this is actually kind of related. First off, you've gone from men's basketball to women's basketball, not that uncommon. Um, but are you, I can't tell from the numbers, I can't see it from what I'm watching, are you taking a page out of Paige's book in the sense of the VMI idea, or are you on your own in sense of offense and such? I think we're a little different, although Coach has got uh, the Maroons putting it putting it up this year. Yeah, he does. We've, uh, we've been able to benefit from, again, a, a, I think we're a balanced attack. You know, you talked about two post scores. You talked about our leading scorer uh, as a, a point guard. And then we've got a lot of other weapons sprinkled in here and there that can step up in certain games. So we, uh, we do try and get out and play fast. It, you know, if we're, we can get the defensive stops to do it, we're trying to push the basketball. But, um, you know, when you have a senior point guard and you've got some other senior guards out there with presence inside, uh, we're fortunate to have the capability to score and, and score in bunches. Uh, you certainly are, are doing well there. I want a quick note about Mount St. Mary's. You were not there at the time, but that's uh, where one of the deans of basketball was for a long time in Jim Phelan. Uh, 830-some-odd wins. I realize he probably didn't necessarily recruit you. I know when he retired. I was in the building when he did it. Um, but I was just kind of – just wanted... I was there, too. Oh, were you? Yeah, I grew up in Frederick. I'd been at a bunch of okay. mountain games my whole life. Gotcha. Yeah, I was sitting in uh, Sitting in there, uh, completely in over my head with all the national media, but that's a whole other conversation. I worked local media at the time. Um, well, I mean, so we got this Birmingham Southern game out of the way. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's a loss. It puts a lot of pressure, obviously, on that last game on the 21st, but you got to play five games between now and then. So what's the message to the team when you walk into the locker room on Monday? We will try to just, uh, you know, get back to work and clean up some of the things that we needed to do better today. Um, and then even Friday night's game, we were fortunate to, to win one. You know, we, we made some mistakes in that one, too. So uh, we'll just have to kind of keep our, our head down and nose to the grindstone and, and get better at some of the things we have room for improvement for. Um, it is going to be a tough one on Friday at Barry. Tough place to play. Talented group. And uh, there, there are no easy nights in our league. So the message will be just to kind of continue and, uh, and do what we've been doing. You know, we certainly have points of emphasis and, and keys for every game that stay fairly consistent. So, uh, you know, we'll try to, to clean up those areas and, and get better if we can this week. And later in the week, really get prepared for more specific stuff from Barry. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys do the rest of the way. I think it's going to be a fascinating race in the SAA, and obviously it all means a lot when you get to the tournament too. Uh, I know you'd love to have it come through Hendricks, if, if at all possible. Um, otherwise, good luck the rest of the way. We always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, no, I appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh, certainly a lot of people that are deserving to be on the show, but um, very fortunate you guys had me on. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I could talk about Hendricks and, and the SAA. Great, great league, great school, great kids that I coach. And, and thanks for all your hard work with the Division Three. Absolutely. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, good luck. I mean, I'm very impressed with how uh, you've turned a program around. That's for sure. Uh, I loved seeing them in the mix here, despite, you know, a loss is a loss, as they say. And we're looking forward to seeing how you do the rest of the, the last six here. All right. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate the time. Take care, Drew. Drew Gang joining us here from Hendricks. Again, tough loss today against Birmingham Southern, 75-63. But six games left to go for them on the road. Uh, Hendricks heading in the right direction. Keep an eye on the Warriors, especially on women's basketball. That SAA race 
Really fascinating. Uh, didn't really get a chance to kind of recap at the beginning. Then we're tied with Birmingham Southern at six and two. Millsaps and Rhodes are at four and three behind them. Then it's Sewanee, Oglethorpe, and Center at three and five. Barry and two and six. The worst overall record is Center at five and fourteen. Uh, everybody else has got eight or more wins. Uh, now, granted, it's it's different because of where they are located. That some of those uh, schedules are all over the place. Um, but uh, SAA worth watching. See how that one finishes out. Uh, the rest of the season. Got to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk. We'll go from Arkansas to Connecticut. It's a bit of a hike, but we can pull it off. Uh, Wesleyan coming up. Joe Riley, men's basketball coach. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. Um, from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoops Hope right after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Of course, you can always interact with us, ask us questions, or just follow us along on social media. You can do it on Twitter, at D3Hoopsville, or using the hashtag Hoopsville. Do it on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And, of course, you can always email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. All that information scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Don't want you to forget about the Hoopsville fundraiser, which is up and running as well. We've uh, mentioned that a few times during the show. Obviously, we'll make a... Bigger deal about it coming up on Thursday. It runs for the rest of uh, for the next four weeks. Uh, if you feel like uh, contributing, if for some reason the perk that you're interested in getting is no longer available, that's a good thing. But we'll try and make some other perks available down the road as well. We appreciate you considering us in any way, shape, and form that you can, uh, even if it's just passing it along. I uh, talked a lot about a men's and women's basketball. We've been alternating a little bit. We're going to alternate back to men's basketball now, coming from Arkansas, we're heading up in the Northeast. Haven't talked Northeast basketball as of yet on this show, at least not since the beginning. Uh is always interesting to watch on the men's side and the women's side, but especially this year on the men's side. It's a 
It's a it's a bit of a, a, a <laughs> crowded field. Amherst leading the way at five and one, uh, along with Trinity of Connecticut in conference. Of course, Amherst is sixteen and three. Trinity's fourteen and six. And this I should mention this is as we tape in case any games are taking place here on Sunday. We're taping this interview earlier in the day. Tufts is five and two. Middlebury four and two. Wesleyan four and three. They all have above five hundred records, and so does Williams and Connecticut College. So they're Williams is three and three, and Connecticut College three and four. In conference play, Bowden's got an above 500 record, two and four in conference. Uh, Colby is 12 and seven overall, yet they're one and five in conference play. Hamilton, 10 and nine overall, one and five in conference play. There's actually only one team with a below 500 overall record, and that is uh, Bates at nine and 10. It's a crowded field in the NESCAC. Of course, they only play one single game, but that doesn't mean there isn't a second round of games worth talking about. And so, with that in mind and knowing uh, everything that is on the line, we wanted to talk to one of the newer ranked teams in the top 25. Well, most likely will stay there next week as well. And that's the Wesleyan Cardinals. Team is, as we mentioned, 16-4 and four overall. 4-3 four and three in conference play and do own a rather impressive thumping of Amherst. But we'll talk about the ramifications of that because it wasn't necessarily for the NESCAC. It all plays out. It all makes sense by the time we're done. Talking to our guest, Joe Riley, who joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Joe, welcome to Hoopsville, sir. Thank you. Uh, 16 and four. I'm pretty, pretty good, uh, Mark there to say the least. Obviously you guys won like 10 or 11 in a row there, uh, early in the season before, uh, running into conference action. We'll talk about that in a bit, but you know, there are high expectations coming in after the season you guys had last year, winning the NESCAC as a seven seed and getting into the NCAA tournament, nearly getting to the second round as well. Unfortunately, running into a buzzsaw named Skidmore. Um, how's the season shaped up from your point of view though? You know, it's been a lot of fun. It's a new territory for the Wesleyan Cardinals, yeah. having, a, having a little bit of a target on our back, being the defending NESCAC champs. And, uh, you know, we, we lost some great leadership with three seniors last year, but we had a good core of guys coming back. Yeah. But it's a, it's a brand-new season with big expectations, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a challenge. We're, we're really making an effort not to try to recreate last year, but kind of forge a new path this year. Sure. Well, no one wants to recreate trying to win the conference from the seven seed, Coach. Right. Uh, <laughs> let's just start there. You'd obviously love an easier road, but right now you're sitting in the five hole. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, Amherst and Trinity, ahead of you, Tufts and Middlebury as well. Uh, Amherst has a win over you in conference. So does Middlebury in conference. So does uh, Trinity in conference uh those three coming in a four game stretch we can specifically talk about those if need be but you know it's a bit of a tough challenge ahead of you granted you don't have the ability to to rematch against most of those in conference play so you kind of have your bet as it were yes you know the the single round robin it's a it's a real pressure cooker you know i tell my guys every game counts counts as two this weekend we had a good win yesterday over Connecticut College, yeah. and it feels like it's two because you know we we came in tied with the same record, and now you know we knew going into that game that the loser would actually have to win two games to get ahead of you in a tiebreaker. And when you get to the end of the year, there's just not 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 a lot of games left on the schedule. Now that's the truth. Uh, you guys actually have out of uh, out of everything uh, besides region Emmanuel coming up on February 1st, uh, Monday, uh, and then you'll take on Williams, Bowden, and Colby to finish out the regular season. Williams on the road, Bowden, and Co- I mean at home, I should say, Bowden and Colby on the road. We'll talk more specifics about that now, but, you know, this single round robin is something the NESCAC's the only one who pretty much does. Some people may have single games, but are part of a bigger conference, um, part of a double round robin and a single round uh, as well in other plays, and, you know, the ODAC does it a little bit differently as well, but you know, you do get to play Amherst and Williams certainly a second time in the little three, but 
Is there an element here that you kind of wish you had a double round robin and for those occasions where you may you may drop a game, say, to Middlebury, and you know you can come back and get them later? Yeah, I, I personally would love to do the double round robin. I, I think that would be exciting. The conference games have such a good buzz to them, and, and the conference every year from top to bottom is, is great. You know, a double round robin would be would be fantastic, but I don't see us going in that direction anytime soon. And it, you know, as I said, it really puts a lot of pressure on on those games. We we are lucky enough that we get to face Williams and Amherst you know, twice every year because of our little three rivalry. Yeah. And from you know sitting at the desk of of coaching the Wesleyan Cardinals, if we get the pleasure to play those two teams twice every year, I wish other people did too because it's uh, <laughs> you know it's it's great to play them. But year in and year out, those those are two of the best programs around. So you know going into the year, if you can't if if you can't compete with one of those teams, you know you're gonna you're gonna have four losses on your schedule. So you you know you have to be you have to be good to win, to beat those guys. And uh, but it's a challenge that we that we love, and our guys really embrace that little three challenge. I was gonna say, uh, you know, Wesleyan hasn't exactly been on par with with Wesley or with uh, Williams and Amherst in years past. That's that has changed dramatically. Obviously, you guys are on par with them. Certainly, Williams is kind of struggling a little bit since their. Uh, championship appearance a couple seasons ago, and uh, you know Amherst is clicking along like every season, like they normally do. You guys are the one who are in the rarefied air, as it were, um, having made the NCAA tournament last year as an SCAC title uh, holders, and of course beating Amherst in that championship game to do it. You're right back in the mix yet again this year, having a good season, uh, 16 and four overall. Um, but as you say, there's pressure here. You're going to go into the next CAC tournament most likely in a spot where you're going to have to win some tough games to guarantee yourself back in the NCAA tournament. But on the other side of that, Joe, you guys want to position yourself to get back in the tournament as an at-large if, if possible too. Right, right. So, you know, we don't talk that about that too much as a team. We really just want to have focus on the next game. But, you know, our guys are smart enough. They're, they're looking at the standings, and they and they know, and I think that – that it's a good reminder for them that every game every game matters and you get you get dinged one you know just a couple you know one more time it could have drastic effects on on how how your postseason chances play out. And speaking of that, let's go all the way back to the beginning of the season. Linden State comes to town on the opener for you guys, which was November twentieth, and you unfortunately dropped that one eighty to seventy eight. I'm pretty sure that's not at all how you guys wanted to start your season. Um, you you rallied from that, obviously won. Um, all the way until January 8th and just kept on winning. But how much did that first loss kind of derail you guys or at least kind of take you off guard a little bit and force you guys to reevaluate some things? Yeah, that that was not expected. Uh, hats off to Linden State. They played a great game. As a as a NESCAC school, we, we aren't allowed to start until November right. 1st. Yep. And uh, everybody else starts well before that. And Per NESCAC rules, we're allowed 24 games, and if we scrimmage another NCAA team, no matter what level, we lose a game. So this is my 19th year as a head coach in the NESCAC, and I've never scrimmaged another NCAA team preseason. Hmm. So when you go into that first game every year and you know that your prep time has been half of the opponents, and this year we couldn't start playing our first game until they even restricted our start date. So the 15th, Actually, I think it was the fourth day. I think they moved it up. So the teams that came into our tournament, not only did they have probably 15 more prep days than us, they had two scrimmages, and they all had at least one. Most of them had two 
regular season games. You know, it used to be a few years ago, the great equalizer is at least we all had the first uh, game butterflies together. You know, we, had, yeah. we, were at, we were at a huge disadvantage. But I just think since they changed the start date to the 15th, you know, it's the NESCAC teams are even at a more disadvantage to start the season. But, you know, hats off to, to my guys. They, they did a great job. We, we had a, an alumni reception after, and you never want to go into a, a parents and alumni reception after a loss. And hmm. I had to say a few words, and I, I looked at everyone who was there. It was a pretty big reception, and I called my guys over and told them that I loved them. I told them that we were going to be fine and that, that we're not going to panic. We're going to focus, and this is going to make us going to make us better. Last year, we really defined ourselves as a team, I think, playing our best when our backs were against the wall. And, and uh, we, we were right there in our second game. We're like, oh, my gosh, we're playing in the consolation game of our own tournament. And it was, it was humbling. But I did think it made us a, a closer and a better team. What's interesting is you kind of ran into the same challenges yet again uh, later in the season. Uh, you got into conference play officially with a, uh, with a game against Middlebury on the 8th of January and lost to them by 10 at home. Uh, then you beat Hamilton the next day by 6 at home. Then you traveled to Amherst the next weekend, got thumped by 26, and then lost to Trinity the following day by 14. They were three game, three losses in four days, and and those three losses, 10 points or worse, you know, all could be forgiven if if you could say the Cardinals kind of had things derail. But man, you guys got right back on the horse for the next game against Amherst and thumped them right back, 71-44. This time at their place. Yeah, it it was. That was a tough stretch. I mean, when we looked at our schedule and you see that you, pay, that you played uh, Amherst on a Friday on the road and then you played Trinity on Saturday in less than 24 hours on the road and then you're coming back Monday on Martin Luther King Day and you're playing Amherst again, you're yeah. saying, you know, who's doing your scheduling? And, of course, of course I'm in charge of it. I so. say you, I think. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it, it was going to define our season only if we let it. Yeah. And. You know, we're going to play those teams in every year, and a lot of times we don't have control of when we can fit the games in. Right. But I, I just think it, it just really showed how mentally tough our guys were because it is tough to it is tough to bounce back. And uh, we we have a, a resilient group, and a lot of different guys are are ready to step up. And you know, we still have a lot of work ahead of us. But that was that win against Amherst was was a big momentum boost for us because obviously they're a dynamite team and in and uh, it was a really good win for us. Uh, are you a little surprised, to be blunt, that you're in the top 25? I mean, you guys did have that stretch of losing three out of four. You have won four in a row. Don't get me wrong, obviously, now. But you're fitting, sitting number 25. You actually replaced Tufts, who fell out of the poll. Of course, they're ahead of you in the tournament, or in the rankings. Uh, Middlebury's ahead of you, and they, they're not ranked. Granted, they're 11 and 8. Uh, Trinity's 14 and 6. They're not ranked. Uh, Amherst is certainly up there, but they've, they've fallen a little bit. They're 14th. I'm just curious, was was the ranking maybe expected, certainly hoped for, or was it a little bit of a surprise? Uh, I don't think it was a surprise. I, I think the the way the the mindset of my players, I think they feel like they've belonged there the whole time. Sure. But but uh, it, it's it's gratifying. But we understand that you know this weekend it can't be a distraction. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Con College came in and they're you know they're well coached and they have a lot of talent and and. Uh, you know, you have to you have to play great to win any college basketball game, whether it's at home or on the road, particularly a, a conference game. So uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that we we're surprised, but we understand that 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 we're only as good of our, as our next game. So uh, I think our guys are pretty grounded and focused and know that our work's not done yet. Interesting enough, your your next game is out of conference in region against Emmanuel uh, on Monday. Uh, you'll you'll take them on before then taking on Williams on the fifth. 
Uh, then you take a week off before you take on Bowden and Colby to finish off the regular season. Just a manual in general, 4-14 and 14 squad. Certainly one that you can overlook, but this kind of reminds me of a little bit of a Linden State. Yeah, they're really well coached. Jamal Jackson, he does a great job, and, and they've had some injuries. They've they've won some games as, as of late, and uh, we can't take anyone for granted. I think that, that our guys have a f- clear understanding that in the confidence that they can beat anyone, but also that if if they sleepwalk or they don't come ready to play, they can they can lose to anyone as well. So we'll be we'll be focused. You know, on the road midweek, and it's I think it's hard to play non-conference games. Mm-hmm. If you look historically at the it, when we get this deep in NESCAC, if you yeah. look historically at other NESCAC teams, uh, a lot of times they, they, there's a, a big upset during this time because people are just so focused on on conference play. But we have a, a good non-conference record, and we're we're going to. You know, I think we'll be ready. When you have four seniors and three juniors, I think you, as a coach, you can rest a little easy that your guys will be ready. You know, we don't, we don't, we actually, if you go by last year, four and six in NESCAC hasn't been good enough for some teams to even get into the NESCAC Agreed. tournament. So as we're sitting here four and three, our guys are, are well aware that, that we officially haven't even qualified for any type of postseason play yet. Never, you know, never mind trying to talk about getting into the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So I think our guys are pretty focused. Yeah, obviously Williams, Bowden, Colby, as we mentioned, the, the final three games. So it's also on the line here is a little bit of the little three bragging rights. Um, while the Amherst game that you lost counted towards NESCAC, which hurts, at least the one you won counts towards a little bit of the pride, as it were, in there. You've got that Williams game coming up, which will count towards the little three as well. But, you know, NESCAC's one thing, but I've gotten to appreciate the Williams, William, Williams, Amherst, uh, Wesley, and little three bragging rights a, a bit there as well. And it's not a bad consolation prize if you can get that one. That It would be great. It's very special. The rivalry has been going on since 1910, and... You know, it's not it's not something that's fabricated. It's a, it's a real rivalry, and it, and it means a lot. In in men's basketball, historically, the, uh, the Wesleyan hasn't been part of part uh, part of the uh, the title run. It's really been all right. You go down and and you beat Wesleyan, and then it becomes all about Amherst and, and yeah. Williams. And and uh, our guys take a lot of pride in that, that we're we're in the mix this year, and and uh, you know we beat Williams both uh, last two years on the road, and that is one of the hardest hardest gyms i think to play in 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 new england and 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 uh so but the the williams game also coming up i mean it's i think as much as for the little three just for seedings if you can get a home game in the first round of the nescac tournament that that really helps a lot as well so last year we had to you know we had to win all three games on the road to to get to the to get to the nsa tournament and it's really helpful to at least have one of those games at home you got four seniors on the squad. Two of them are major contributors. The rest of them are certainly contributors, but you look at the stat sheet. B.J. Davis leading the way, just scored his 1,000th point last night, uh, 17.1 points a game, uh, hauls in about four rebounds a game, hands out about two and a half assists a game, gets about a steal and a half a game. Uh, Joseph uh, Quo, 11.7 points a game, big 7.3 rebounds a game, which is certainly important inside. Rashid Epps, uh, a senior, this, uh, by the way, Quo, the junior, Epps, the senior, 10.5 points a game, 6.5 rebounds a game. Um, it, certainly those are your are your big three scoring-wise. Uh, we don't want to forget about uh, Rafferty, the junior, Krill, the sophomore, uh, Mackey, the senior, and Edmonds, the senior, all 6 to 7.5 points a game as well. But it's that dynamic trio at the top, two of them being seniors, uh, it has a feel like, hey, we got to take advantage of this talent while we've got it this year. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the, all four seniors are doing a great job for us, and and we have a a balanced attack. 
you know, BJ really has stepped up as a scorer for us, and Joseph has been our anchor in in the paint. But all the seniors really are doing a great job, and I think one of the things that that it, it, certainly I enjoy this team tremendously coaching them, and I think one thing that makes us dangerous is that we have a lot of different weapons. I think a lot of guys are sacrificing their own stats just for the common the common goal of winning games, and you know, you look at the statistics, the 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 heart and soul of the team. Oftentimes, when you watch us, is Jack Mackey. He's he's our, our our only captain and leads us in assists and just is a real great floor general and and does a great job both leading both on and off the court. But uh, on any given day, I think some guys can step up and and can can have big moments. And one thing that that I'm excited about to see how we do the last four regular season games is is these guys have all proven that in the in the biggest moments they, they've stepped up and really produced and now we have some big moments coming up again and and uh, hopefully they can they can do it again and, and have the confidence and belief that they can do it you know last year was believing that they could do it and i think now they know they can do it yeah. and now they just have to do it again of course knowing you can do it now also means there's a target on your back so it changes the dynamic uh just a little bit by the way mackie four and a half assists a game for anybody who's who's wondering obviously four games left in the season we've talked about how important they are uh, Joe, my father is a, a graduate long time ago of Wesley, and, and the one thing that he's mentioned over the years to me is how much he's noticed that the AD has come in and the president really has come in and changed the mentality at Wesleyan athletically. You know, there's always been good teams at Wesleyan, but it's not been an entire department thing. Is this this resurgence of the men's program at, with basketball and, and with some others kind of a sign of those times? I think so, definitely. I think it starts with President Roth. Who, who does a great job, and he wants excellence across the board. Yeah. He wants excellence, excellence in the in the science labs, in the in the theater department, in the music department, economics department. And he, you know, he comes to our games and and comes supports all the athletic teams, and he wants excellence in athletics too. And I think that's that's the model that that the NESCAC that follows, and uh, and I think with his leadership and and Coach Mike Whalen who came in and mm-hmm. and it, it was inspiring what he did with the football program, you know, as a as a yeah. coach who was here a few years before he arrived, and and uh, I was I was watching from afar and up close watching him rebuild the football program, went from a team that that wasn't winning any games to to uh, winning the conference. It really energized. It, I think it energized the department. It certainly energized me. And uh, he has stepped away from football. Now he's focused just on being the athletic director, and uh, he's he's done a great job. And there, there has been a lot of there has been a lot of success. Football has done really well. Baseball is is done has done mm-hmm. excellent. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's been fun. It's been it's been fun to be here and be part of that. Uh, of course, you're you're a NESCAC boy in all senses of the, of the word. You're Trinity grad, coached at Bates for a number of years. Now you've been at Wesley in your eighth season. You've gotten to know this conference quite a bit. How much has changed with it? Wow, yeah. So when I played, and it was a long time ago, we we uh, we we had a great team when I was at Trinity. It was it was a lot of fun, and, and, and the conference was very good. But we weren't able to go to the NCAA tournament. Right. And uh, I the the biggest change that I've seen is is that once the NESCAC was open up to the NCAA tournament, I think it just it just really it really increased the pool of really good basketball players that that were going to go into the NESCAC. And I, I think the talent level now in the NESCAC is as good as it's as as it's ever been. I really do. It's it's uh and and I think also with uh a lot of the academic camps popping up and the Ivy League prospect camps and the recruiting, I just think that you look at the rosters now and it, I think 
back when I, you know, when I first started coaching, there were pe- there were good players from out of region, but it it wasn't anywhere close to how how it is today, where where you look at the rosters and man, they're they're players from from all over. I think it was it was mostly it was mostly dominated by the New England prep school scene, yeah. and, and now it's just really expanded. And you know, the New England prep school basketball is fantastic. And, oh yeah, but it, it, it's still it's still it's still represented greatly on the rosters, but you look and there's just a lot of geographic diversity now. And I think more so than there was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Completely agree with on, on that one. Um, I'm, I'm assuming since it's my first chance to talk truly with a NESCAC men's team uh, this year, knowing what's going on at Michigan, I'm assuming you all are glad Duncan Robinson transferred. Oh, we're happy for him. <laughs> yeah. So we're, 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 we're happy for him. You know, uh, Harry Rafferty, uh, yeah. our our junior, he was his teammate yeah. at, at Phillips Exeter, and uh, so I know Duncan well, and and uh, you know I I followed his season very closely when he was at William, just because they're they're really close friends. Yeah. And, and then when he made that move, uh, if if I'm not getting the updates directly by following him, uh, Harry's doing a good <laughs> job of keeping me updated. But yeah, it's it's great for Division three basketball, sure. and it, it's. I think it's great for the NESCAC, and most importantly, it's just great for Duncan. He's doing great, and uh, I think all of us in the NESCAC are, are proud of, of of what he's doing. I'm I'm just glad. I'm sure you're saving yourself some sleep, not having to, to do scouting reports, knowing Duncan's on the other side of your court. Well, I watched I watched uh, Harry and Duncan win the uh, prep school yeah. England championship, and I'm watching the game, and and I'm like, I really have to coach against that guy. Now, like in the single round robin, if I was at Bates, I'd only have to, you know, it's true, you don't have to play him once. Play play him once, and then and then you'd be happy to be in postseason playing him. But yeah, he's, yeah, uh, he's a special player, and yeah. and even a better person. Absolutely, we're looking forward to have, possibly having him on the show coming up on the marathon. Yeah, you heard that here, folks. Coming up on the marathon Thursday, we're hoping to have Duncan Robinson on the show. Well, Joe, I appreciate you taking the time out of your of your busy Sunday to join us here on the show uh, and talk about the Cardinals. Obviously, you have recovered from that three out of four stretch with four straight wins with big four games coming up. I know you're vying to get into that tournament, and I'll, I'll let you get back to preparing for that. But as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, I'm just looking forward to a great end of the season, and uh, you know I'm I'm an avid Division three follower. Obviously, I'm following all the scores, and I just think that there's so many great teams out there, not only in New England, but uh, you know throughout the country. And it's uh, it's all coming down, and, and it come down to just one or two possessions here. But it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I'm glad that uh, that that Wesleyan has a chance to be in the mix. Absolutely, glad to see you in the mix as well. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll talk to you soon, I'm sure. Great, thank you. Joe Riley joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Again, the team is 16-4, and four, Cardinals 4-3 four and three in conference, playing non-conference Emmanuel coming up on Monday before going back into the finish with the NESCAC Final Three. Remember, NESCAC finishes a weekend earlier than everybody. They'll take a week, play the tournament, then take another week and finish the tournament. Um, they'll play Williams on the road later this week. They got Bowden, Bowden and Colby on the road to finish it off on Valentine's President's Day weekend. When we come back, we'll wrap up Hoopsville, talk a little bit more about the fundraiser and plenty more about Thursday's marathon show. No, I don't have a ton of details as to who we have on the show yet. We're still working on those, but we'll talk about the show and what you can expect from Thursday's marathon. I can promise you this. There's no blizzard that's going to delay things, so we'll be on the air Thursday. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. From the WBCA and ABC Studios, more Hoopsville right after this. With every basket and every stop, the skill of elite student-athletes will be on display. The sights, the sounds, the intensity of an NCAA championship. 
It all comes down to this moment, and the winner takes it all. Be there to share the experience with your family and friends. The 2016 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 18th and 19th at Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com tickets to score your championship seats today. I'm a current Division III student athlete, and I remember how intimidating the first year of college can be. So if you're a first year student athlete and nervous about coming out as LGBTQ, I pledge to stand by your side as your ally. If you can play, you can play Division III. We are Division III student athletes, and you can be too. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. <clears throat> Wrapping up the show here, I want to thank all of our guests. We'll get to that list coming up. But uh, if you have any questions for us or thoughts, share them with us. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Had a couple questions so far, and so let me get to some of them. First one that we got was about Jordan Resendez at uh, Mass Dartmouth, the senior, scored 58 of his team's 88 points in an 88-83 win over Plymouth State on the road in Little East Conference play. Um, Jordan, the, the only senior on the squad, broke uh, the single-game scoring record, which I believe he had set. Uh, he had last season on February 21st when he scored 51 against Keene State. Uh, he's leading the team at, at 30 points a game, six rebounds a game. Uh, there's a freshman in Nick uh, Portalance at 15 points a game, basically, and seven rebounds a game. By the way, Jordan also handing out six and a half assists a game, though he only had three assists to lead the team in this game. Hey, listen, very great effort by Jordan. My question would be they're 11 and 8 overall. Uh, they're now, what, four and five in conference action. Um, I, I This is a young team with a lot of juniors. I'm wondering if Jordan's putting a little too much on his own shoulders. I know he's the only senior on this squad and certainly wants to go out with a bang, but and, and obviously he dishes it often with six and a half assists a game, which is a great number, but he puts up 58 and only has three assists. It tells me nobody else uh, is assisting him, meaning if he puts up 58 points, he's doing it by himself. Uh, you you would hope that Portland's the center, John Robinson, uh, Abby Akani, uh, Jaleel Moise, I hope I'm saying your names correctly, are, are guys who can step up a little bit more and help out, or this season's going to end quickly for Jordan uh, in the Little East tournament. 
Um, I realize sometimes there's dynamics. I don't know the team well enough at Mass at Mass Dartmouth to know what's going on and why Jordan has to shoulder so much of the load. Um, but you certainly would hope uh, that others could find ways to help him out. Um, again, Portland's four, you know, 15 points a game is certainly pretty nice. But when you score 58 points and only give up or only have three assists, be the team lead, something's just not mixing in my mind. Again, I haven't seen him play, um, but certainly impressive to score 58. At least it was in a win. There was somebody I read somewhere, might not have even been Division Three, where a player broke the school record, a ton of points, um, but didn't, you know, they lost. It, to me, that's a waste. Uh, there's got to be a better way of doing things there. Um, got a couple of things else to touch on here. Um, I want to point out Coast Guard, by the way. Remember, we had their coach on the other night. They had a heck of a comeback uh, earlier this week. Um, they came from 20 points down. They were losing 51-33 at halftime. They were trailing by 20. Came back to beat Wheaton in regulation, 78-77. Senior Kevin Alvarez tied a school record with 39 points. Hit a pair of free throws with 1.1 left to get that win over Wheaton in New Mac play. Uh, Trailed by 20 in the first half. Again, we're trailing by 18 at halftime. Came back to win. A lot of comeback wins. We talked about the one earlier in the show as well. So congratulations to Coast Guard on that one. Uh, another a comment uh, was uh, asked us about the Northern Athletics Collegiate Conference. This one was emailed in to us by uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, thanks for taking the time to watch the show. I hope you're still watching for our answer here. This conference is a mess. <laughs> we talked about the WIAC earlier being a mess. The NAC, or the NACC, I should say, is a mess. The NAC's actually the one in the Northeast. Every time I, I call up their standings, it shuffled the deck. Uh, Concordia, Wisconsin is tied for the lead with Wisconsin Lutheran at 12 and two. Uh, Concordia is 15 and four. Wisconsin Lutheran is 14 and five. Milwaukee Engineering (MSOE) is 13 and six, along with Benedictine. But MOSOE is 11 and three. Benedictine's 10 and four. They're tied with Aurora, who's 10 and four, who's 11 and eight overall. Lakeland's in the mix at nine and five. They're only three games back, so that's uh, six teams within three games at the top, all with above 500 records. Uh, with Lakeland at 10 and nine. It's a mess. Um, I can tell you this much. We're going to try and get somebody on from their women's program, most likely, um, to be a part of uh, the Thursday um, craziness, the marathon show. Uh, the problem with this is i got to pick somebody. That ain't so easy, as they say. Um, I'm not sure who we're going to pick <laughs> out of this craziness. We've talked to a lot of those cools. We'll figure it out. We'll find somebody to come on, but... Uh, NACC is at least fun to watch. I don't. There's an outside chance at a second bid. I think they're going to beat each other up too much to get one. So I think this is going to be a one bid league again. Um, but congratulations to those in the NACC. You're certainly making things interesting to say the least. Uh, certainly impressive. Uh, we alluded to this. By the way, we've got a, a note about the fundraiser. We'll get to that in a minute. We alluded to this uh, earlier. Um, the to celebrate the. Um, uh, 900th win by Glenn Robinson. They did a few things. One of them we're going to feature on Thursday. We're going to feature a behind-the-scenes documentary that FNM did uh, on Glenn Robinson's 900th win on Thursday's show. In other words, you give myself a chance to get a little bit of a break, right? Anyway, um, they did a really cool thing, I thought, with the um, the way they celebrated it. 
in and in a sense gave it back to their community. They had to do a photo shoot. They thought it'd be really cool to get, you know, nine hundred basketballs. <laughs> nine hundred basketballs. Um, but then they gave them back to the community. Now this took place closer to Christmas because they did a lot of pre-work at, Fra- at Franklin and Marshall. They knew Glenn Robinson was going to win 900. It was just a matter of when. Um, so I wanted to show it to you, uh, with their permission. It's really cool. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's a couple minutes. We'll watch that. When we come back, we'll talk about the fundraiser. We'll talk about some other things as well. Uh, you still got a chance to get in some questions at D3 Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, or email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. But enjoy this one, um, from Franklin and Marshall. Thank uh, Franklin and Marshall once again for letting us use that uh, video. Uh, We'll feature a great documentary they did on Glenn Robinson's 900th win coming up on Thursday's Hoopsville Marathon show. But how about that? 900 basketballs for a photo shoot to commemorate it. And then the men's and women's basketball teams went out in the community, went to the schools and donated the balls to them. Um, That's a pretty cool YD3 moment, to say the least. Obviously, a lot of schools can do those things. I just thought that one was worth recognizing. Congratulations to Franklin and Marshall. Uh, and, of course, congratulations to Glenn Robinson, who has now uh, passed um, Bobby Knight for most wins in men's basketball NCAA history. He is now third all-time behind uh, Mike Krzyzewski and Herb, um, uh, Herb Brooks. I keep forgetting who the second one is, which is horrible. It's out of Philadelphia area. I'm sure the Twitter is going to blow up here on me in a minute. I apologize. My brain's just a little bit worn out here tonight as we're well into overtime. Um, but uh, congratulations nonetheless. Granted, I don't want to forget the women's coaches like Pat Summit who are in this list as well, but on the men's side, 
Uh, congratulations, third all-time in NCAA history. I think fifth all-time in all of college basketball uh, history. A reminder, the marathon on Thursday, starting at 10, running until 10, um, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, check us out. We'll have tons of guests. Got to book them all still. Uh, we'll have tons of guests. We also have some uh, interviews that we pre-taped to give myself a break, but also because it's opportune to sometimes talk to guests um, when we got a chance to see them face-to-face. So we'll talk to the head of the WBCA, talk to Pat Cunningham, for example, from Trinity, Texas, and some several others uh, as well. So uh, that is going to be on uh, Thursday, 10 to 10. It's all part of the Hoopsville fundraising. Thank you, Herb McGee. Thank you, whoever tweeted me. Uh, I want to thank you for that help. I knew it was in there somewhere. It's probably my friend Luke. Is that who it was? Yeah, it was my friend Luke. Um, Luke, with the best tweet of the night, by the way, uh, being very smart, saying, Hoopsville, better than whatever I watched for four hours yesterday afternoon. He and I watched some basketball together yesterday. Uh, Better than the Pro Bowl. Uh, You're right. Hoopsville is better than the four hours that we watched, which is better than the Pro Bowl. He didn't throw in the NHL All-Star game, which I didn't get a chance to see tonight, but uh, nonetheless, uh, pretty good across the board. Um, So, again, the marathon is 10 to 10 on Thursday. We'll be putting up the show page shortly. You can start checking out the guest list on there to see who's when and where, and we'll try and put times in there of roughly when they're going to be appearing. We'll also get some stalwarts of Division Three back uh, from our Hoopsville coverage of past, get some regional coaches in here. We'll get the coaches we don't talk to all that often. It's a fun show. It's also part of the Hoopsville fundraising page. We sent out a tweet a little while ago asking who would be the first ones to, to donate to the Hoopsville fundraising project, and I'm proud to say some people have. We've gotten a couple backers already, apparently four. I've only gotten two emails. Um, but I want to thank all of them, including a big one. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, don't know if I can say who that is, so we're going to hold off tight on that. Uh, but the, the donations are in. Uh, we're off and running now officially here on the Hoopsville Fundraising Project. We've got four weeks to get this done. Uh, the number, you'll see our goal. Our goal isn't exactly where we have to stop. We'll take plenty more in if we have to, <laughs> and we'll certainly appreciate it if you do. Um, if you just want to share this and not contribute, that's completely fine. Let us know. Uh, but appreciate those who've already gotten off the off the ball and running on the Hoopsville fundraiser. Appreciate you taking the time to to, to feel that we're worthy enough to to give to. Um, I thank you very much. Um, so yeah, that's two. I think I only got two emails, but there were four contributions. Nope, there come the other two contributions. So I want to thank you all. There are perks on there. If you choose the right one, you can get um, a T-shirt from us. At least that's we're either going to go short sleeve or long sleeve. I haven't worked with my guy yet to figure out exactly what that gift is. And that gift could change, too, after that fact. But that's kind of what we're aiming at. We've given T-shirts away to certain people the last, you know, certain uh, donations the last few years. We were thinking about switching to a long sleeve shirt maybe this year. I don't know. i got to talk to my guy to see what we can do. I'm not sure what the options are. But uh, look for that down the road possibly as well. Um, there was something else I was going to, going to tackle here. Obviously top 25 comes out tomorrow. I've got my uh, ballot to pick, um, four weeks until the end of the season. I swear there was something else, uh, that had, that had come up and I'm double checking my email. I don't see anything there. Uh, but let's at least, at least thank our uh, guests who appeared on, on tonight's show. Um, they include Wisconsin, um, Oshkosh's Brad Fisher uh, Delaware Valley's uh, Casey uh, Stitzel, um, Moravian's uh, Mary Beth uh, Spurk, Hendrix's Drew Gang, and Wesleyan's Joe Riley. I want to thank you all for 
uh, coming on the show. I want to thank the sports information directors as well for helping us put them uh, or get them on the show and the and the things we need behind the scenes, like pictures and stuff like that, to help promote it as well. I want to thank our friend um, at Carthage, and not only at the women's basketball program, but obviously the men's program. Women's basketball, though, sent us this polo a year or two ago. One of my favorite polos. Hadn't had a chance to wear it. Um, I enjoy wearing school polos on the show. I think it's fun to do. Uh, sometimes T-shirts. If you want one, send one to us. Uh, one of the perks to fund on the fundraiser is to get us to wear a school shirt and interview uh, a men's or women's coach from that school. So uh, if you can take advantage of that, go for it. Um, so lots of ways to uh, to be involved with here on the show. I want to thank our friends at Carthage uh, for who've always been friends of the show over the years. Double checking, making sure I don't have any other uh, messages or anything from anywhere else hiding. Sometimes they hide on me. Don't see anything off the top of my head, but I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank our guests for coming on. Remember, Thursday, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then Sunday, I forgot to mention this, Sunday our show will not be at 7 p.m. due to this thing called the Super Bowl. We will go on earlier in the day. Usually it's a 1 or 2 o'clock show so that we can do some, uh, make sure we cover Division threes. Obviously there's a lot going on, but at the same time giving everybody a chance to obviously watch the show. Uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, we do have some background work to work on. We'll be moving some signs around and stuff to get ready for Thursday. Look for that special gift from Sean Cavanaugh coming up here um, as well. We mentioned it on the last show. Lovely gift from them, and we're looking forward to hanging it uh, behind us. Um, again, thanks to uh, Oshkosh, uh, Delaware Valley, Moravian, Hendricks, and Wesleyan for being on the show. Appreciate them taking the time. Uh, oh, I was going to double-check scores from today to see. We mentioned Chicago on the men's side had a rough weekend, losing two. They lost to Rochester today by eight. Uh, Texas Lutheran lost today. That's a big one. Centenary of Louisiana beat them 87-82. Uh, so number 21 Texas Lutheran may pop out of the top 25, to be to be blunt. Uh, NYU beat Case Western Reserve 100-82. Uh, Brandeis beat Carnegie Mellon 81-67. Um, Wash Emory beat Wash U. Colorado College needed overtime to get past Southwestern. That's a significant uh, score there. Needed an 86-73, but an overtime. Uh, Southwestern, a pesky team. Remember, we had their coach on. Uh, LaGrange beat Averett, uh, 94-87. That's a big result. Uh, Suwanee got another big win over Barry, 80-65. Um, I'm not going to read all the scores I see in front of me, but I'm just picking out the ones. Oglethorpe beat Center. 72-63. Uh, those were that's on the men's side. We mentioned on the women's side that Hendricks lost to Birmingham Southern. Other scores: Chicago beat Rochester. Rochester men may have had a good weekend. Rochester women did not. Lost two games this weekend. NYU beat Case Western Reserve. Um, Washu beat Emory. What else we got on here? Barry beat Suwanee. Um, Interesting score. Piedmont beat Mary Wall Mary Baldwin 129-29. Interesting score there. Especially in women's basketball. Don't tend to see a score run up like that, but Piedmont beat Ball, Mary Baldwin 129-29. Reminds me of a couple Division Three hockey scores I saw over the weekend, but it had more to do with the opponent. The, the one who couldn't put any points on than it had to do. So I'm not sure what happened there. Um, other scores, nothing else really jumping out at me. Uh, of significance. Uh, we did uh, mention that, um, uh, who was it? Trinity had lost yesterday, but I don't, I don't think they played today. Um, but no surprise, they lost to Austin yesterday. Uh, 
So that's going to do it for us here on the show. Appreciate you taking the time of joining us. Appreciate our fans coming on and, and appreciate our our uh, coaches for appearing as well. Thank you for emailing us questions that you may have had. Certainly appreciate that as well. Uh, again, we'll be back on the air Thursday at 7 o'clock uh, or 10 o'clock. 7 o'clock Pacific time is what I'm trying to say. Um, and so I hope you'll enjoy it, uh, enjoy us as well as we uh, look to cover Division Three in the craziest way possible. And that for us is by doing um, a... Uh, a marathon show, third annual. We're looking forward to doing that coming up. Until then, hope you enjoyed the show. You've been watching Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Don't forget, you can always join us on Twitter, at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Thanks to all the guests for appearing. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a break. Be back Thursday morning, 10 o'clock. Let everybody know about the marathon. Let everybody know about the fundraiser as well. You're listening to Hoopsville. Back on Thursday. Good night, everybody.